Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex, doing this for the first time, indeed. Indeed. Definitely for the first time tonight, also introducing Erica, our special guest. <laughs> Just introduce, this is my first time on the podcast, I'm being introduced. Well, yes. You've never been on the podcast before. It, you know, it would be, it would in fact be weird if we had a special guest on all the time, because then you wouldn't really be a special guest. So this is your first yeah, time on true. the podcast. That's true. It's almost as if that's part of the joke, though. You know. Yeah. Hello, people. Sure. We, we come to you from the last dying gasp of uh, 2020 in the Midwest. <laughs> Did you enjoy cleaning up snow, Bob? Did you clean up snow? I did clean up snow, and um, I will say, I like that was some heavy ass snow, and it wasn't much. It was actually, it was, it was like definitely that wet solid stuff, yeah. Yeah, it was. It took me a long time uh, to actually finish clearing. Um, now, I I I looked at the snow and I saw how heavy it was. I did not think my snowblower would handle it. Also, I'm not sure my snowblower still works. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to shovel it. It's not that much. Um, mm. And and then later in the day, I saw my neighbor across the street using his snowblower. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was able to use my snowblower, no problem. Yeah. Oh. I do enjoy the idea, though, that you shoveled all of it. So that's good. What a man. What a hey, man, Erica. I, I, I needed my workout for the day. And then he slept for 20 hours. <laughs> oh, and I think you had to work afterward, didn't you? Yeah, I went right to work. Good times. Mm-hmm. We no. have some fun stuff to talk about, but why don't we start with the depressing stuff? I mean, Bob it is 2020, so yeah, yes. sure, let's do this. So, Brody Lee... Formerly Luke Harper, real name, John Huber. Professional wrestler, died unfortunately. He was only 41. Some sort of lung disease or disorder, I don't know how it was described exactly, but a problem with his lungs. Which is ultimately none of our business. Um, but yeah, just fucking sucks. Really, really shitty. I mean, all you've seen on social media is this outpouring of love for this man like he was very well respected very loved and will be very very missed did you watch any of this tribute show they did last night on aew i did not but i believe that we have i, I think i have access to watch stuff after the fact so i i am going to check it out this weekend so I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some clips and a, a sizable portion. And from what I saw, honestly, I can never remember such like a real touching tribute show. You know, like WWE has done tribute shows before, like the Benoit one before they knew that um, he murdered yeah. his family. Uh, and they usually just do like the... You know, everyone talks to the camera and talks about their feelings and they talk about the person and everything. And... Well, and to be, to be fair, I can understand why they'd be a little hesitant after what happened with Benoit. I mean, you got pretty well burned there, but... 
but they do do they still do tribute stuff but right well i can't remember the last time was benoit the last time someone died who was an active wrestler though i believe so because usually when they, you know, they'll do like a video package for someone who died, but it's an older wrestler generally who maybe they're not currently under contract or maybe they're not currently an active wrestler or involved in storylines or something like that. I don't, um, I don't remember the last time someone died who was still active in the ring in a major in a major promotion. promotion. I yeah. think this is the first one. I mean, you had Larry Sweeney who. Um... Fuck, this has got to be, god damn, maybe like 10 years ago now? He he was a dude in Chikara. Um, he uh, killed himself, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still, I think he was still active. But I don't, no one's going to consider Chikara a major promotion. Even through the, uh, it, it doesn't exist anymore because, you know, people are pieces of shit. But, um... I think this is the first time since uh, Benoit that it's been somebody on active on the roster and in, in a very prominent role. Yeah, and from what I saw, I mean, I don't think there's ever been anything like this, like to this degree. Um, you know, Tony Khan, he brought in his family. His kids were there. The older kid of the two was very involved in the show like at one point he was outside um he's in the dark order he's considered i suppose the leader of the dark order now (laughs) and at one point he hit mjf over the head with a kendo stick (laughs) which was incredible well it's like Um, you know give some like the kid is had like the worst week of his life let's do something you know for the family and for the kids and kind of it's just nice to see like people acting like normal human beings and not a very and i haven't watched any of it so maybe this is wrong of me to say but not a very sanitized very for lack of a better term corporate feeling sort of no no yeah this this felt very real um i think you could tell like Tony Khan put a lot of thought into this and he put his heart into it for sure. And there was, well, there was some cool stuff. Um, shit like uh, that resonates with people, you know? Yeah. I mean, people will remember this. Yeah. When it's like, Oh, you guys didn't act like total pieces of shit. I mean, and maybe it's, it's maybe it's stupid, but it's little shit like that, that that's, what's gonna, like you said, people are going to remember that and be like, Hey, you know, they really did right by them. And Yeah. Yeah, you unlike know, certain other places. They did, they, you know, I, I remember they opened the show with the 10 bell salute. And, but what was different about it from like what WWE would do is that it wasn't only the wrestlers on the stage. It was everyone who works for AEW was out there. So I thought that was just like a nice little touch of like, hey, this is serious. And in the graphic they put up, they were generally using his real name. So it was like, this is serious. This is real. Right. Um, This isn't like a part of the show. And they did a lot of matches where it was like people. I think the Dark Order had someone involved in every match, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was the Dark Order would like kind of team up with people they weren't normally teaming with. And it was, you know, obviously the Dark Order's going over in like every match. Um, so it was just kind of like a feel good thing and 
Uh, I'm trying to remember, like... like, I saw people, they were describing it really just as a celebration, you know? Yeah, yeah, a lot of... You know, at one point during one of the matches, they had, um... I can't remember what his name is on the indies, but the former Eric Rowan came out, even though he doesn't work for AEW, and he came out and did a save in one of the matches. Um, I think uh, Lance Archer was dressed up like he was Luke Harper. Uh, You know, I think it was, I don't know where it was in the show, but at one point during the show, probably near the end, they had, it was like Cody Rhodes came out and he said some nice stuff. And then they had the family come out and Tony Khan came out. And, you know, one of the things is that because Tony Khan isn't like Vince, he's not all over the fucking show, right? Like right. you very rarely see him. So As when it when he comes out, right. So when he comes out, it actually like shows you that it's serious and it means something. Um, and he said, you know, your father was the greatest TNT champion we ever had. Now there's only been like, three TNT champions or whatever right but still Mm -hmm. okay it's a nice thing to say and he said you know he told the son you know you're the TNT champion now um forever and he gave him the belt and what came out later is they're going to retire that belt and make a new one so yeah I saw that I thought that was like 2020 I'm like crying down here (laughs) yeah I thought that was just like a really nice thing to do well, it's like the least you can do, right? Like, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's not a, it's little stuff, and it just shows that you actually give a shit about the people who work for you. You know, I mean, it's a business that just like, and he, he as far as we know, he didn't die anything related to it. But wrestling is a business that eats you up and spits you out, and it's just nice to see. That and and it could all be performative, but it's just nice to see that they at least have the presence of mind to know. Okay, it's enough. We can't just be like you know little thing whatever and then go on business as usual. Well, this, this is tonight is about him. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, like WWE does do nice things as well. You know, they do the save do. a wish. They do the save a sure, or what's of it called? Um, Make a wish. Is it save a wish or wait, make, make a, a wish. wish? Thank you. Make a wish. The, yeah, I knew that wasn't right, but I couldn't think of what was right. But uh, you know, they do the make a wish the stuff. Switch, they man. do they do nice things. I don't want to just like shit all over WWE. No, but no, 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 no. They no. do yeah. they do like you said. It's in a very sanitized way, and it feels like we're just doing this for the good PR. Whereas whether it gets you good PR or not, which this obviously will in the end, I feel like Tony Khan did this because he felt like it was the right thing to do. Right. And exactly. there is a difference there. And I think people can feel that difference. And I think like if there was any people, I mean, like, holy shit, talk about building loyalty within your company, right? Yep. That you treated someone like this. Mm-hmm. And you treated his family this well. And they say they've, like, you know, whatever this means, they say they signed the kid to a contract. So, you know, because he wants to be a wrestler as of now. You know, who knows what the kid's going to want to do in, like, 15 years or something. Well, and right? who knows if AEW is going to be around. It's a nice right, gesture. Right, there's that if as well. It's here, a nice gesture. You, you've and got look, a job with us, so this is what you want to do when you get older. 
Look, all I know is, is this has the potential to be the ultimate long-term storyline where that kid hit MJF with that fucking kendo stick. And MJF, <laughs> being the great heel that he is, went on Twitter and he said, fuck that kid. <laughs> so, if but, like 15 years from now that kid shows up, and MJF won't time. be that old because he's, he's young, he's young. Well, he's in his if 20s, then, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he could easily still be around by the time this kid could be actually be a pro wrestler. If they did that, like, 15 years from now or something, that would oh, be, be incredible. Oh, yes, it would. <laughs> it would be amazing. I, You know, it's you know, really amazing because you, you hit, like, such a, a key point, which is that authenticity of it. And they they teach you when you're doing management stuff in general that it needs to seem authentic and you can fake authenticity in fact there are places that'll try to teach you how to do that um if you're a cold heartless bastard um (laughs) but it's so much easier when it really is authentic without having to fake it and that's everything i've gotten from aew just really feels like you know it's it's authentic because it is real and you know it seems like it's run by a group of people who understand you know who have seen how it's been done in other places um you know who have that history of what vince did to the territories and consolidation and how wwe is run as a business and said we don't want to be that we want you know we have a business we have to run we have to make money but we want to be better stewards of that business towards our employees well and and look to me this is the if i was like a billionaire Tomorrow I wake up, I'm a fucking billionaire, okay? And I'm the cons, and they own the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars, and they own a major soccer team, and they own AEW. AEW is like nothing compared to what they own and their overall wealth, right? So if you're going to do something, you could at least go about it in a nice, professional, human way. Because this isn't like your whole, like, I think for Vince, this is his whole life, right? Whereas for the cons, if AEW goes belly up tomorrow, I mean, I obviously it's important to Tony Khan. He wants to make make it successful and he wants to make it work. But I guarantee you from his perspective and from his father's perspective, it's probably, hey, as long as we can keep it in the black we're going to keep doing it because this is like my passion project, you know? So I don't need to make a hundred million dollars a year on this. I just have to not lose money. Well, and even with like, and I think that passion sort of, um, you can see it It, because it's just, you see this and I don't want this. It's just going to be dump all over WWE hours because they can go fuck themselves. But it's it's um, somebody who's running something that they're passionate about and actually seem to care about who has people working for them, you know, in like the Young Bucks and Cody and whoever the hell else is in the, the, the you know, uh, up top there uh, has a, is a their ear to the ground and what the business needs now 
whereas you have an old crazy person running WWE who thinks he still knows what the audience wants, but the audience has been leaving in droves, and the product is nigh unwatchable. Now, I didn't watch... Prob- I don't think I watched any WWE in 2020, just because, oh my god, how could you have had that you know, in the shit salad of this fucking garbage year, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It's just like, I can't, I can't, I just can't anymore. Other than... This is so bad, I can't. Yeah, other than the Roman Reigns stuff, I would say there isn't anything in WWE that's even worth watching at all. Well, and like, what so if you... So you're not missing you've... anything anyway. Any sort of, like, I saw somebody post something with Heyman talking to Big E about, like, Oh, you know, no, no one like talks about the shield with Roman Reigns anymore, and blah 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 blah. And I was like, you know, in an alternate universe, something like that, that little promo would have gotten me to maybe tune in. But I have no goodwill to this company anymore. I know they're gonna fuck it up, so I'm not even gonna fucking bother. Yeah. Well, that's just and not that's worth what it. you should do. That's what you should do. As as a consumer, if the product is not what you want it's not you're not enjoying it no you fuck should it. stop right. watching and it, you know it's not like oh there was a bad raw i'm gonna stop watching wrestling no it's it's been consistently bad i mean there was <laughs> it's like it's been like a bad like four years or probably even way longer than that i mean, just say longer generous. than that let's face it there was a point in time even i was watching and consistently and we bought we bought merch fuck we went we spent hundreds of dollars on wrestlemania tickets you know mm-hmm. we were we bought in we were in and then yeah, you suckers. just watch this we, yeah indeed you watch this <laughs> this slow erosion but it, you know what it, that's so galling is that you see dudes who you watched in the indies who were like fucking amazing and you're like you, you shouldn't watch them go to the big leagues and be like oh fuck they're 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 done at least they're, just, they're gonna make money. Good for them. That's what that's what I tell myself now. It's like, well, they're getting paid. That's good. You know, Sami Zayn's getting paid. I'm never gonna get to see El Generico at the height of his powers again, because you know he retired when uh, you know Sami Zayn came around. He's down in uh, Tijuana helping the orphans. But I'm never gonna get to see one of like, my favorites wrestle at the top, the peak of their powers anymore. And that's I... so galling. It's it's infuriating. I saw. I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was on one of his podcasts or something, but he basically said, you know, we see now what matters when you take the greatest roster roster ever assembled, which is what he's saying WWE has. And WWE has an absolutely loaded, insane roster. Oh, of course you know, they do. He says, of course they do. This is, this is the perfect example of what happens when you take the greatest roster ever assembled versus great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Great storytelling yeah. wins. It always, always wins. Always. Because that's what wrestling is. You know the in-ring acrobatics; those are the vehicle. But you, you know, if other, if you want to really watch emotion people fight, is what sells. Yeah, right. if you want to watch people actually fight, you watch UFC um, or boxing. But everyone knows what wrestling is. You're watching it for the, you know, some not always silly. I say silliness. That's what I enjoy. Like I think of, like what was Chikara. Um, 
or kaiju big battle but you know there are really there are also really you know heartfelt storylines and serious storylines in wrestling too that you buy into as a consumer well you look and... at the daniel bryan thing and then but the one that i always go back to is when it was uh, sammy Zayn had that year-long chase for the uh, uh nxt championship and I, I legitimately lost myself in his match against uh, Adrian Neville when he finally won it, and he won it the right way. Because he's got the belt in his hands, and he's going to clock Neville with it. But he did that before, and he lost. And he's sitting there, and it's just like, don't. Don't do it that way. You can beat him. You don't need to cheat. And he felt like a, a kid again watching it. And then when he won, it was just like the greatest fucking thing ever. And I'm just like some fucking asshole in the midwest sitting in my apartment cheering on like the the d leagues of wwe like but it it, wrestling is magical when it's when it's on and wwe Mm. hasn't been on in for fucking ever in my opinion i don't understand how people can still watch it yeah i wish i wish the million and a half two million people who are just in that groove of watching wwe every week and they must absolutely hate themselves. I wish they would switch over and watch AEW because you'd be getting a much better show and you wouldn't be supporting a massive piece of shit. So mm-hmm. now what happened? And, and at I some saw... point, I mean, I really thought by now, sorry to cut you off. I really no, thought by now that a change would be made. Like something would happen. I mean, their ratings are so bad, but Nothing ever changes. And if you remember, like, people love to bring this up because it's fucking funny. You know, Triple H was had his stupid promo, like, four or five years on Raw, where he was like, I told my friend Mark I'm not going to watch WWE anymore. And he was basically making fun of people who say they're not going to watch anymore and that sort of thing. And it's like, hey, dude, five years ago you were doing, like, triple the numbers you are now. So, guess what? People stopped watching. Mm -hmm. Well, you can only shit on people for so long before it's just like, I don't have to take this anymore. I I don't need this, you know? Like, I've watched all I want to watch on the network. You've destroyed NXT. I'm just, I'm I'm not interested anymore. I just, I can't support it anymore. I'm done. I'm just done. Alright, I want to switch to a far more, I don't know about positive, but enjoyable topic for myself. I can hear I, the smile in your voice, Alex. I do. Before before we do that, though, I just oh, want to call out. On. I just want to call out that at the top when we were getting set up today, we were having some issues. So we we started talking, and after a few minutes, our recording device told us that we weren't being recorded. So we had to start over. So it is just the most 2020 thing that what you guys had to talk about again was the most depressing thing we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Now then, on to Wonder Joy. Woman 1984. Alex, God, can you, can damn, you answer this me? movie was great. Can you answer me one question? Just one. Okay. How? How? This is what I... And I, I like I'm not even joking. I have copious notes. Like we were halfway through the movie, and I looked at Bob. I'm like, I should be writing this stuff down so I don't forget about the stuff I want to talk about. But answer, riddle me this: uh-huh. How do you set your movie in the '80s 
and you did not license 180's song. The music was, yeah, there was like, wasn't it all just like more, um, what's his name, Hans Zimmer music? Oh, most of it was Hans Zimmer, but there was one piece that uh, they played when she first flies for the first time, which we'll fucking talk about. Uh, Bob, Bob, what's the name of that piece? Can you can you express to us the name of that piece in um in a cheesy sort of way? It, um, you mean uh, Adagio in D minor? Yes. Uh, so Alex, uh, uh, I because we were listening, and I look over at Bob, and I'm like. This is the music from Sunshine. And he's like, oh yeah, Asiago in D minor. And I'm like... Sweetheart. How in God's name would Bob know that? Well, hes it's a good piece of music. He's seen Sunshine a bunch. But I thought it was more hilarious that instead of Adagio, he referred to it as Asiago, which is a cheese. <laughs> I got a kick out of that, but... Which movie... Is Sunshine, is that the one where they're in the spaceship with Chris Evans and the whole yep. thing turns into an absolute disaster? Killian Murphy movie... is in it. It's a Danny Boyle movie. Okay, that movie was great, but something is going on because that movie is like nowhere. I've never seen it on any streaming service. <laughs> I've never found a way to be able to watch it again without actually buying it. Like, I don't know, like, that's the type of movie you would think you'd be able to just go license that for, like, pennies on the, you know, like, nothing. One would think it is odd that it's nowhere. But, like, they started playing that song, and you're just like, this is from a different movie. Why are you, is this, like, placeholder music that you guys just left in? Like, wasn't Hans Zimmer composing your, your, your film? What, what is that, what is this? What is going on? And I think it's just indicative of the overall, not only very poor quality, but the laziness and just mm-hmm. like overall disappointment that I, I, I had watching watching the film. I, I do want to say one thing real quick um, that uh, I, aside from the fact that I, I goofed the word slightly um, I believe Alex just complimented me on my trivia knowledge. He did. Yeah. If we it's were actually playing a trivia game, if we were actually playing a trivia game, he'd be cheating relentlessly. But he did know this one off the top of his head. <laughs> I do not cheat at Jack in the Box. You can go to hell. But Alex, it would be like watching like a fucking Star Wars movie and they start playing like the Batman theme. It was like so jarring that it was like Well what it was. no what one's ever seen Sunshine, on? so But it's they use that because it's so good. It is, it's a good movie. But um they also used it in the last dance when Steve Kerr is talking about his dad, and when he he made was it the winning shot in one of the uh, the games against Utah? Something uh, like but they were talking yeah. they were talking about the parallels between like him his losing his dad and Jordan losing his dad. Now they never really talked about it. They used that music, so it's it's that music is out there. It's been used for not only just from Sunshine, but it's a good piece. People use it and stuff. I'm sure it's been in trailers. I think they used it for one of the X Men trailers recently. It's just like this is known music. It, it'd be like playing like a fucking uh, 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 the uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey music 
like the Ric Flair theme. Also, uh, what is it? Also, Spake Zathura or whatever the fuck. Like, this is a known piece of music. What the fuck is going on? I could talk about this for hours, but there's 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 many notes. There's many notes. Alex, why Where don't why you... don't you give so... us? Overall so impressions, we're, first So, obviously, obviously, we're going to talk about spoilers here. So, if anyone... Yes. I know the, the one person who's going to actually listen to this has already seen the movie. But just in case, for some fucking reason, someone listens to this who hasn't watched this movie, we're going to spoil everything. I, I know one other really person who, who might listen, because she does listen to our podcasts. I don't know how much she listens to of Subtle Interference, but... Um, I know she's not watching it for a while because she has plans to watch it with people. So I'll, I'll alert yeah. her as well that she shouldn't listen so if you spoil the fuck out of it. Yeah, so if you're worried about it, I would recommend skipping about three hours forward. <laughs> anyway. What I what I will say was... I'll, I'll throw some complimentary shit out there because there's not a lot. I thought Chris Pine did well with what he was given. Oh, I, I thought, think... I think the acting was about as good as you could possibly hope for it to be, other than one, one standout. I I would agree, and um, I thought when they were actually hand to hand fighting the stuff in the White House, I actually enjoyed that. Everything else, not not so much. Um, and I think that might be it. Here's my Checking thing out when my I notes. think about when I think about like your summer blockbuster popcorn movie which is what this was going to be until it Mm -hmm. you know got delayed five million times and then they just finally decided to release it onto hbo max there was absolutely nothing in this movie that i would ever go back and watch again and i say that because i can think of movies that i know are not good but they have parts that I would watch that are good. Like one that, the that one springs... easy... Go ahead. Go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing. Okay, well, the, I was going to say, uh, I know The Matrix Reloaded yep. is not a particularly good movie, but that <laughs> highway chase say. scene is, is spectacular. And shit, yes. And can be watched essentially forever. There Correct. is, and, and there are stuff in the new Star Wars that is really, really good, even though those movies aren't particularly good. But there is nothing in this movie I'm ever going to have any desire to go back and watch again. And if I was like somewhere and they put this on, I'd be like, please, can we just like watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians or something? <laughs> like, that's more fucking entertaining than this shit. <laughs> This movie, it's its not even... The thing is, it's not even so bad it's offensive. It's not, you know... In, the, in the pantheon of DC movies, it's not Superman versus Batman. Or Batman versus Superman. Whatever Batman the fuck v. That Superman, colon, Dawn of called. Justice. And look, Correct. even oh, in that okay. movie... Even in that movie, that movie had the one segment where Wonder Woman shows up to save Batman from death... The sweet-ass music kicks in, and there's at least, like, three minutes of good stuff in that movie. Alex, where was the sweet-ass music in this movie? I kept waiting for that They changed it. it. It was, like, supposed to be, like, a retro version of it or something, because you can hear Fuck. the notes, but it's Fuck wrapped in that. some shitty music. Yeah, I Fuck want the original. That. 
Give me that badass, like, yeah, like the fucking Wonder Woman theme. What are you doing to me here? It was like, you know, it's like Izzy has that um, that one toy that plays the knockoff under the sea song. It was basically <laughs> that for the whole <laughs> for the whole movie. <laughs> Alex, it's great. It's a few notes off, and it's like it's just to the left enough where they like can't sue. It's kind of hysterical. But I what think... I really didn't understand was you have the '80s as a decade. That's and Bob and I were talking about this last night after we finished where you have these themes of, like, excess and greed and, like, whatever the fuck. And they didn't... And you could have used that in regards to this fucking wish stone or whatever the fuck, but you didn't do anything with it. Outside of, like, some outfits in that mall at the beginning, I didn't... You wouldn't have known this was set in the 80s. Like, why no, even No, it was bother? just, like... It was there, but there was nothing really 80s about it. You could have done this in any time frame. You could have done it in whenever. You could have done it in this in 2022. You could have done this in 1982. It didn't matter. It yeah, didn't well, matter what, what the time and place was. Well, and what was so infuriating about it for me is, you know, and I was texting you, Alex, throughout the my viewing of the movie, you know, the first 20 minutes of the movie someone tore the wing off a jumbo jet and bashed you over the head with it to tell you that this is set in the 80s and then after that nothing well like... look, i want to <laughs> i you know we're gonna shit so hard on this movie but let's talk about some of the positives because it won't take that long anyway like you said erica i thought the acting was pretty much fine to good across the board chris pine's doing his best i don't know what they're gonna do to bring him back a third time but they better figure something out because he's like the only one that brings like life and charisma out of gal gadot in these movies and well in the one the one scene between them at the like close to the end where he's like you you gotta just give me up i thought that was an affecting scene like that whole well, the whole concept of the movie, the like, why can't she have? She she gives everything, right? She's a superhero. She doesn't get to have a life. She's protecting people. Why can't she have this one thing? Because you're a hero, and that's just the fucking way it is. That's what makes you a hero. I thought that was a good scene, but everything else leading up to it was just like, you 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 haven't done anything to really like you know anchor it to that theme at all i so what i'm getting to is i think i think pedro pascal i think he was really good but it, it was an odd movie in that it was actually like almost like pedro pascal was the main character he was in so many scenes the movie was essentially about him and his failures as a father I rather mean, they were than really big fans of the Mandalorian. So they were like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Pedro's I get it. Our man. But don't you think it was odd how much time was spent with who was the main I, villain? I, essentially. I think, I think you're saying that um, only because the movie itself was bad. That That's not entirely uncommon in storytelling. Like, and I think two, two things where that's true for things that are very good. Mad Max Fury Road, which there's another comparison to that we'll get to later. Oh, we'll um, get there. Where, 
which is not really about Max. It's about Furiosa. Um, and but that's really sure, good. But and it's just because well. you name them, yeah, okay. But this uh, is but, a different situation. The Mad Max movies say, are their own unique thing. Wonder sure. Woman is a totally different scenario. I'm, I'm going to throw one out there, another one out there for you. And I don't know if this was your second one, Bob, but Batman Returns, you're hanging out with the Penguin and uh, Catwoman a lot more than you are with Batman. Yeah, and that's probably a better direct. What I was actually going to say was Hamilton. Um, but uh, I Well, that's, that's a very different That's a different... Of... That's a different situation. That's a but different medium. You've got, too, that's so a be- that's... yeah. That's a better comparison that you have. So, but I understand I, where I... Alex is coming from too. I mean, it's it's a Wonder Woman movie, mm-hmm. and there, it did kind of well, and that kind of leads me to and as much as I I liked what she did in the movie up to the final battle with Wonder Woman, which I thought was dog shit, but we'll, we'll get there. I thought Christian Wig did a really good job. I just didn't understand I think why she, she did needed... her best. I didn't understand why she needed to be there at all. I don't, I also don't think they really connected the dots of like why she was so upset with Diana in particular, because I, I know they, they did a good job of setting up like, Oh, here's this, geeky kind of they made her look kind of like this frumpy looking woman you know like oh in the way they none of the guys yeah right none of the guys find her attractive they don't pay attention to her they walk right by her in the hallway they don't give two shits diana walks in the room everyone's fucking looking at her because the fucking supermodel just walked in you know so i I, correct right so i get all that but well look gal gadot goes anywhere in real life everyone's looking at her (laughs) she doesn't have to be a goddess but um you know they set all that up fine but But i don't think they like i i don't think they set up the hatred of diana because she was the only one who was nice to her well, and I, I can get that it's like, oh, you're trying to take away everything that's making my life better, but I I don't know. Like, they they established the relationship a little bit at the beginning. If you were going to have Christian Wig at all, I could have used maybe a little bit more of that, because it's like, oh, we went out to dinner once, and now we're best friends, you know? It's like, well, okay, that's she, not really how that works. She saves her from being assaulted on the street. Oh, I mean, like, oh, oh, uh, Diana oh, didn't do anything wrong. No, not at all. But also, like, you have Christian Wig, whose character, when she, like, gets strong and shit, is, like, beating the fuck out of the guy that, like, assaulted her. Yeah. I'm not, well, I'm supposed to root against her? No, 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 no. Yeah, that was Beat a weird Beat the shit out too. of that guy. Destroy him. Yes. Like, that dude I am was, here for this. That dude was going to assault you. He might have tried to rape you or something. Yeah. You would you beat know, them up. That, shit out of that him. scene, that scene is basically the reverse of Danny's decision at the end of Game of Thrones to <laughs> burn down the city. It's the, it's like the exact opposite. It's like it makes complete sense what Kristen Wiig wants to do, but you're supposed to root against her. In Game of Thrones, it made no sense what she wanted to do. It's like, I, anyways. Right, and well, and kind of to that character's credit, I suppose, she, Cheetah wasn't really, like, directly doing bad things to good people other than Wonder Woman. 
Like, she wasn't just, like, walking down the street assaulting people. Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie. At the end, I guess in the White House, she is attacking the guards. I don't know. It's... I mean, I liked that It's scene a wacky too, though, character. You, you saw... Well, and I get it. She's, like... They had that dumb scene where with the Mayan guy. Like, I could talk about that for two hours, too. Like... Why did we need this? You work at the Smithsonian. Why can't we just have this book at the Smithsonian? What is this scene? How are you getting back from Cairo in like eight Ten hours? seconds. What is going on? <laughs> do we have the fast travel from Game of Thrones? That's the only way this makes sense. And I normally... If Wonder story... Woman got a Series X and she loaded <laughs> into a new area <laughs> so fast. If, if, you're, if your story is engaging... And interesting, I don't care about little shit like that. I can hand wave that because I'm having a good time. But when I'm annoyed, and I was especially annoyed after that, like, fucking car scene, because, holy shit, it was just, I I was like, okay, yeah, I have turned against this movie. I think that was when I started taking notes, because I was just like, yeah, this this is just, what is going on? I think so i understand at some point every single superhero movie or tv show or whatever has to do the superhero has been depowered plot are they still a superhero right i get it but do we have to do that trope in the second freaking movie i don't want to see wonder woman getting her ass kicked in for two hours i want to see wonder woman beating some fucking ass dude that's what i came here for right well it just seems though that's and i didn't mind the depowering thing i thought they were a little unclear with it at first yeah Um, it was kind of all over the map they were a little unclear with all of the 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 wish stuff i thought uh they could have been a little bit more uh not handholdy but a little more clear with the rules um I mean, I thought it was pretty clear, and they kind of led you into it. Like, the first time it was noticeable was when she went to pull that lock off of that door. Um, and she's like, wow, I can't pull this lock off. And she had to oh, actually yeah, try. yeah, I guess that's true. I forgot yeah. about know. that, yeah. So they did lead you into it, like, right away, like, something's wrong. It was, what I thought was weird about it, though, was, like, it seemed like, one, there was, like, a time gap. Uh, for D- Diana to lose her powers and like it was happening over time whereas the rest of any of the effects from the wishes were like instantaneous basically so that was a little well, odd to me but I feel like but don't you feel like Cheetah as well like you know what does Diana say to her you've lost your humanity you've lost your warmth yeah. but it happened over time to her as well it doesn't happen right away I mean remember Diana calls her and she's like hey can you help me figure this out can you look this and up she and she helps help her. her so yeah. And yeah. She, but, she, but over time she becomes more and more and more aggressive I, or feral I, if you'd like to say I agree with you there but I think those are the only two characters who that really is true for and if you look around at like all the other wishes that were granted like it it just really seemed like okay this is like instantaneously this giant wall like appeared in egypt like um so so it was just it was weird i think i think 
the pacing was a little weird. But that happened. But that happened instantaneously because that's what he asked for. Remember, it's a fucking monk. It's a fucking monkey's paw, right? So it did what he asked for, and it did it right away. It just didn't do it in the way he expected. Well, no, but you know why then wouldn't Diana like Diana still had like some level of powers? Like she, you know, she, she was wasn't able to completely turn the, depowered, right? Yeah, she was able to turn it, the jet invisible, which was one thing I did kind of enjoy. Um, it was dumb, so, but, but I kind of enjoyed it. So, but look, going back though, you got to remember the overall slow decline of Wonder Woman and Cheetah in different ways was what was done by the fucking crystal when it was still the crystal. All the other ones you're thinking of were... Uh, what's-his-face's character? What was the character? Max Lord. Was yeah. Max Lord being like, okay, I'll give you that, but I'm taking this. And he would take it right away. So that was him, you know, right away taking something away. Like, I'll build you fair. this I'll build you this wall, but I'm taking your security forces. Right? I think, so, I think, I think that's fair, but it's not... You know, it's not strongly established and also, in the movie. And also and what slowly happened to him. He slowly over time yeah. was losing his life. But I I still maintain though that, you know, even even though there is kind of an explanation there that you've got you're, you're that's asking a lot of an audience to think of that, to follow that when so much else in this movie is also wrong. I think well, even if I, stuff I think is wrong, wrong or not, I think it's just a very overstuffed movie. This yes. movie did not need to be two and a half hours long. No, absolutely not. I mean, what, what we're kind of talking about now are honestly, to me, the least important problems with the movie. To me, the main issue is mm-hmm. the the storyline was kind of boring. Um, the movie, like you said, is way too long, way too long for the story they told. It has other obvious problems that I think would jump out at almost anyone. Like, yeah, the fucking Steve Trevor got brought back, but he inhabited another dude's body. Like he essentially took another man's life away from him unwittingly. Like neither of them knew what was going to happen and diana doesn't even really do it on purpose she doesn't think the thing's real when she thinks about the wish but um well that's the other thing like i feel like there's small parts of like you could have set a whole movie around that you don't necessarily need and i i understand this is a dumb thing to say because it's 2020 and this is the state of superhero movies you need like an overarching big bad or whatever but I think it would have been interesting to explore that, you know, even in this context of, you know, uh, over-access and greed in the 80s. I think that was a real kind of swing and a miss for me. Because, again, why did you bother setting it in this decade if you weren't going to use that at all? Um, but, yeah. But I, I thought even just the Maxwell Lord stuff, you know, you could have maybe stripped that down, made it a little bit more simple. Why does everything always have to be this this giant, you know, world-ending whatever the fuck? Like, 
you can tell smaller stories. It can just be a jewel yeah. heist, you know? Well, and you know what strikes me as interesting as I'm thinking about it? Why, why, why do superhero movies, especially in sequels, feel the need to have multiple villains? Like... I never understood that. I think maybe they well, learned the wrong lessons from uh, Batman Returns. I don't know. I think the problem with Wonder Woman specifically, and, a, and I, to be fair, many superheroes have this problem, is she doesn't really have great enemies. Like, Cheetah is actually gallery. Wonder Woman's main enemy and it's like it's fucking cheetah does anyone really care about cheetah and cheetah is never going to translate well to film it's just no matter what you do it's always going to look wacky i mean at the end you know they did that whole fight in pitch black darkness because the cgi probably looked bad if they did it in a light area well and this is my Uh, other problem too if we're talking about and again i'm just going to keep coming back to this 80s thing because it's like Wonder Woman is in this stupid looking suit. It's so cheesy looking. Like, can we lean into that a little bit? It's a superhero movie. It's a comic book. Like, go there with Cheetah. Make her look like fucking Chitara from the goddamn Thundercats. Let's go for it here. It's just like, this is such boring character design. Like, let's let's go. What are we doing? This yeah, really dark, I, I think... like, whatever the shit, I'm just over it. I'm I'm tired and I'm done with it. I, and I think if you look at what has been successful for DC, it's been when, it, you know, it does lean in a little more. Um, and, it, you know, because all these things are silly. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, comics in general, the whole the whole concept of it is silly. You know, no one would ever do these things. So, like you said, Lord, lean in. Can you give me an example of something that's worked for DC? Uh, well, the first Wonder Woman movie, <laughs> that was... For about uh, two-thirds of it. I know, you're, Alex is very... And I, to be fair, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. Erica, that movie Alex goes has, off the fucking deep Alex end. Alex has major end. problems with the ending, and that's fair. That's fair. You can tell, <laughs> that movie, you can tell, they went back and added that whole CGI battle, and that was not well, originally supposed did. to be in. It's so obvious... It's so disjointed from the rest of that movie. It's such a bad ending to that movie. However, the first two-thirds of that movie are way better than anything that's in this one. Correct. Uh, We liked Aquaman a lot more than you did, if memory serves. Aquaman's okay. (laughs) I mean, compared to this movie, it's better. But But... what I liked about Aquaman is we kind of did the stupid, like, comic book shit. Right. Like, that's kind of what I want now. I'm over Aquaman the dark, was definitely silly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I want so Aquaman stuff that's was a little silly. goofier. Yeah. Like nothing not like Batman has a reason to be like dark and gritty. Yeah. Like yeah, Batman's and then you go had a in, shitty time. Right. But then you come in with like fucking Superman and trying to make Superman dark and gritty. Superman is not supposed to be dark and gritty. But we can but have like, this is a you know this is an argument, like, you know, whatever. We've had thousands you, of times. If you think about it, like Look at DC just historically, and, and like you go back to animated stuff, and like Justice League was always kind of it was super cheesy, and and it was fine, and people still liked it. It wasn't, you know. Yeah, but that's animated. That's for kids. But I mean, it is. It's cheesy. Like the whole concept is cheesy. These people are supposed to be like coyingly good as heroes, and and not 
like it's so it's it's not the Avengers where there's a look there's it's you know and you're not going to be the Avengers because you don't have John Favreau um who can do no wrong but well, go ahead what you do have though if you're DC is you really have a stronger stable of known villains as a whole when Correct. you do Justice League but you got to get there and you got to earn it. And I still don't understand why they did Justice League and they were like, let's do Steppenwolf. It's like, Steppenwolf, no one fucking knows who Steppenwolf is. Like, who made this decision? And yeah, then but Steppenwolf Alex, is Alex. such a. But Erica, Steppenwolf is such a geek that when Superman finally shows up, he like insta smashes him. Oh, and it's honey, like, you okay, don't have folks, to explain that over. to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What I'm saying is, in the six-hour Justice League cut that they're going to have on HBO Max... Oh, it'll all make sense. I Darkseid is going to be in there from what I've seen of the trailers that I've watched and wanted to kill myself during. Yeah, and I'm sure that's going to be really good. The well, Snyder I, Cut! Oh, who cares? Who could possibly care? Like, why do you, Why? Why? The man is not a good filmmaker. And I say this to somebody who adores 300... The man is not a what happened. Just know. I started, but like, like in the smell of his own farts. I don't know, man. I think, I think what happened. This is my conclusion. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Zack Schneider is very much like those two jabronis who produced Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I think he's good at adapting something, and he's very bad at coming up with original stories. I think that's a fair point. Well, and the only, I mean, he seems pretty, as far as, you know, the DC universe goes, he's, he's got a very clear focus on what he wants to do. And that is a dark and gritty thing that we, as just, I think as a film audience are just tired of seeing. He wants to make what he wants to do. And you could tell, cause it's, it's all right there for you. He well, wants he's to a do producer the on this Returns. Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. He's a producer yeah, again on this Wonder Woman movie. Did you notice that? It's like, how does this yes, keep I happening? I have no idea. I, I really Fail don't upwards. Know. Yep, that's I, the Dude, way it I'm works. telling you, I'm telling you, man. It's pretty sweet being a white dude. You know? Like... <laughs> I mean, because well, that's the thing, is it's like, you know, it's one thing if, like, he, he, he had, you know, uh, Batman v Superman had made all the money in the world, um, but it didn't. And you know, by all accounts, it probably cost Warner Brothers in the end, or you know, they made very little on it. Um, you know, so and, and and that's the thing you always come back to. It's like, wait, you know, if they fail, you know, if they lose money, that's it. You know, because they're talking about such large sums of money like you're gonna risk it again and i don't know if it's just somebody at warner brothers said oh well you know his daughter died and you know that's what that's what happened but we still believe in him so we'll give him more and it's like what are you guys doing like yes what happened to his daughter is very tragic but that does not explain Uh, i honestly don't even think that comes up with decisions like this i uh, i will tell you this when it comes down to deciding who gets big jobs 
your relationship with the people making those decisions matters way more than anybody wants to admit. It really does. If Zack Snyder is buddy buddy with the head of Warner Brothers, you know he's gonna. Well, how think else would you? How else better. would you explain the failing upwards? Right. Because there's a lot of dudes out there who it's like, wow, you are a terrible fucking director. How do you have a career? You know, it's relationships that for sure plays a part. If it was just performance, he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have got past Batman v Superman, but it's not. Well, the other thing is, if you, oh, go ahead, Alex, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I lost it. Go ahead. You're fine. Well, I was just going to say, going back to the beginning of this movie, I think they did a good job at setting up like, hey, Diana really cared about Steve. She's still holding on to that fucking love. She has all the mementos. She went and visited the family ranch or whatever. She thinks about him all the time. Every time she looks at a fucking plane, she thinks about him. She's having dinner by herself. She probably hasn't even tried to find another man in like 50 years or whatever. Um, And that was all well set up, I thought. But getting back to the scene that you liked, I feel differently about it. The scene where she renounces her wish, Mm -hmm. they got like nothing out of Gal Gadot in that scene. I disagree. Like I do heartily disagree with you there. She... I would put her feeling in that scene and the look she gave as mildly perturbed. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it I was like it was like, and I'm not I'm oh, not gonna I'm come upset. in and be like she's an Oscar worthy actress because she's definitely not. I mean, she was in the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, it, it's just I I don't know. I found that scene to what be. What are you trying to say about the Fast and the Furious? That they're terrible, but I adore them. Uh, and I will totally go watch Evil John Cena in the ninth one. I will be there opening fucking day if I have the vaccine and it is safe. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, like, defend Gal Gadot's acting. But, no, I thought that scene was, was affecting. And I think all the stuff with Steve was good, you know? That's, uh, it, and a part of that is Chris Pine, because the man is just very charming. And I, can, I understand why they wanted to bring him back. I still think it was kind of cheap. But, you know, it is what it is. I just didn't feel like I got much out of her in that scene. Didn't To me, like, like I said, they did such a good job of setting up the anguish and the loss she felt over him dying in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, goddamn, she just wasn't that upset about renouncing that wish. Like, to me, she should have been, like, broken. Like, that should have destroyed her. Yeah, but isn't it part of it, though? She is a hero, and she's got a job to do. Yeah. You know? I mean, if she, what, if, she was, if she was broken, she couldn't go on to do the job. No, no, no. I, I, I understand that, but I think there could have been more of a moment to go from I have to say goodbye to this person that I've loved more than anyone else ever to resolve. Yeah. Resolve of I need to do something about this. I'll give you that the, it was jarring for them to just be randomly walking down the street. And then they just kind of tuck into like an alley or something. 
and that scene happens there, and then she's back out and running. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they. Could oh have my done god, a the more running thing looked so bad too. All of the running, Alex. Like I, I turned to Bob at one point. She doesn't and I was run like, like she runs like a robot. I was just like, how much money did this movie cost, and why did it all go to everything but the CG budget? The effects in this movie are terrible. It reminds me of the running from the Flash TV show, and the Flash TV show does not have this budget. Well, and I think if we're gonna if we're gonna get to this now, we can talk about that, the car chase in in Egypt, because oh my god, did that look like shit? It was like hard to follow. It was not well shot, and just like. Again, it's unfair to compare it to Mad Max Fury Road because that movie is just action perfection. But it was terrible. And yeah, her that's running, definitely not a fair like, comparison. You look like it's very clearly like it looked like they weren't even it's trying. Like a, it's like a green screen or something to make it look natural. It was just like, and yeah, her running was very weird. And then yeah, I just. And the watching of herself, that, it was just, it, that all looked like garbage. The very obvious dummies of the children when she fell on the street was like, wh- where is your budget going? What is going on? Yeah, <laughs> movies have done this effect better. Like, I think it's in, it's not Winter Soldier. What was the other, what was the next Captain America? Uh, Civil War? Civil War, yeah. I think it's a Civil War where Black Panther shows up for a minute and he chases after a car that... Or maybe... It, yeah, I think it's Civil War where he chases after a car that they're in. And I think it's Civil I think War, that, yeah. I think that effect was done with, like, he was actually running behind the car, like, on something. So... You know, he's running faster than he normally would because he's being pulled, but he's still kind of running. You know, like the so stuntman is actually natural. running. So it yeah. looks more realistic. Whereas this was like, they're just like, gal, run in front of this green screen for 15 seconds. And don't like, move it your just arms. Looked terrible. Just don't move your legs, just move your arms. Just look like, just jog <laughs> looks, in place. It'll be it fine. looks so bad. <laughs> Yo, it was like egregiously bad. I was like, this is like a $200 million movie and this is the best you guys could do? Wow. Where does that That's... budget even go? I, I don't even see that in this movie. Catering. <laughs> Pedro Pascal's expensive now, man. The Mandalorian was just that fucking good. Yeah. I, and it, I, I, don't I, I, I don't know. I think Wonder Woman as a character, though, is just going to be better when she's in the team-up stuff rather than in her individual movies. I disagree. Um, and I think the first Wonder Woman movie showed that. I The the last third of the movie that you hate aside, I mean, that, that first half was... That first two-thirds was really good. And it was just focused on her. So, I, I mean, the problem, the problem I have right. with... But once they brought the big bad in, the movie goes right off the fucking rails. Well, and that's almost the problem. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. It's just like what I would really like is for there just to be a superhero movie where you don't necessarily have a big bad, you know? 
Like, there can be, like, she could have, I don't know, you could have had her fighting, like, a whole bunch of fucking Nazis or something while Steve flew away. Like, there were other ways to get there without the big, goofy, not-great-looking CG battle at the end. Yeah, that that would have been way cooler with rather there being, like, Ares and we shoehorned him in and, oh, this character was Ares all along. Rather right. than that, they could have done something like, a shitload of fucking Germans showed up, like, you know, like, a thousand Germans showed up, and she had to battle all of them while Steve flew off. You know, that that would have right. been, like, so much better than what we got. That shit was so fucking bad. Well, and it's just, I don't always, it doesn't, the, the movies that you make, even if it's a superhero movie, they don't always need to follow the exact same formula. You guys can you know, kind of break out of it a little bit. Everything doesn't have to end with a big, bad-looking CGI battle. Well, think about, well, like, I... how... That, that was one of the things that was so great about Ant-Man was, you know, it's a heist movie. It wasn't, right. it wasn't you know, just a normal superhero movie. Um, well, one thing that Marvel has done better, and they fall into the, the samey trap, too, but... It's like the Winter Soldier was kind of like a spy thriller. You know, you kind of had those trappings there. Uh, Ant-Man was a heist movie. Like, you can do different shit in these movies. They don't all have to be... And DC, like, I thought they got it with Wonder Woman because it was like, oh, okay, cool, you're basically aping, you know, the first Captain America movie, but you did a pretty good job, so I'm not going to bitch. But it's just... I I don't understand what they, they... they don't get and it's crazy because i'm more of a dc person than i am a marvel person and it i just i don't understand what the 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 lack of understanding is well and if you look at this movie specifically they don't really end it with the big cgi battle right like i think they kind of fought about i'm sure they had to fight about this but you know the battle between her and cheetah when they're both at full strength is like what two minutes maybe like and it wasn't even really much of a fight she basically just dominates her and it's like renounce it you're not gonna beat me renounce it come on you know and and she just like totally smashes her and uh then the only reason she doesn't smash her right away is she has the giant bulky wings on right like once she discards the wings it's like okay now I'm going to destroy you. But well, and that armor and then they, was like. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Finish your thought. Well, I think it. I think it looked. Go ahead. We can talk about the armor. I mean, I think it looked fine once the wings were oh, gone I, and the I, helmet was gone. I'm not even gonna. I'm. I'm not even gonna shit on how it looked. One of the things that annoyed me was it's her and Steve are like at her apartment or whatever, and they're suddenly like, "Oh, what's this in the corner?" And she's like, "Oh, this is this <laughs> rad ass armor that I got off screen." Like, instead of the stuff at the beginning. Couldn't we have seen maybe her getting that armor? That would have been kind of cool. Or, like, there was stuff in the movie that she could just do, or she just had, that I was like, well, this could have been established with, like, a five-second scene earlier. Like, we could have seen her practicing the invisibility thing. Not just, like, she starts doing it, and it's like, yep, okay, this is a thing I can do now. Yeah, they described, they dis- they told us about her making a coffee cup go invisible and then losing it. I would have rather been shown that. That would have been a comedic scene, right? She's exactly. playing with the coffee cup. It goes invisible. 
Kristen Wiig walks in and she loses the fucking cup. It's like, what you know, that would have right, been a exactly. way better scene. Um, and that would have taken yeah, right. 30 seconds, maybe, you know, that wouldn't have taken long. Um, and would have added some levity to a movie that was honestly pretty fucking depressing. Yes, correct. I, I and then it, agree. And, and at the end, you know, what they end up settling on is like, oh, she won the gimmick of I can touch everyone because the particles from the satellite are touching them. You know, that, well, that was, was the fucking stupid. Pedro Pascal walks in and they should have made that fucking president look more like Ronald Reagan, you fucking cowards. He was a piece of shit. Just make it look like Reagan. Um, they've got, like, the satellite thing set up there randomly and they're like, oh, yes, I can use this. for Like, there was way too much of, like, oh, cool, the convenient thing for the plot that we need. It's sitting right yeah. here. Awesome. Let's use this. I need a and, way to touch everyone. Cue White House scene. Right. That kind of shit gets on my nerves because it's like, I'm not, uh, and granted, I think the three of us are, are savvier viewers than most. I don't want to toot our, our horns or anything, but we've watched a lot of movies between us. And I don't like when that, that those contrivances, ha I'll give you one or two, but there were a lot in this movie. I think if people can't, even if people can't vocalize what's bothering them about something, you can feel it like in the moment that, oh, this is stupid or, oh, that's wrong. Even if mm -hmm. you can't explain what's wrong about it. Something and, feels off. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, the one and also the idea that she would like talk to the whole world and convince everyone to renounce their wishes. It's like, look. I understand they're going for the happy ending and everything, but I don't know if people know how reality fucking works, but I guarantee you every single person on the planet wasn't going to renounce their fucking well, wish, and, okay? And that's the if thing, 2020 I... has shown us anything, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing. I was really expecting them to go for the, oh, you, you kill the first werewolf and it undoes everything kind of situation. And, you know, that's not obviously not what they did but that seemed to be where they were going and you know i i was like huh no this makes no sense <laughs> yeah if they yeah if they would have done something more like and i guess they kind of did but if it was more like she because she believes in love and the whole deal and she's like the perfect woman if she could have got through to max lord and been like what you're doing is wrong this is wrong you're destroying the world you know look at what you're doing to your son bring your you know bring your humanity back and then he renounces his wish and it cancels all the others that he agreed to that would have right. probably been better to this dumb idea of you know everyone renounced their wish fuck you that would never happen never nope no, it would not. I bet you maybe, maybe in that situation, 25% of people renounce their wish while the world burns. I, I think that's a very high percentage, Alex. Um, <laughs> seeing what we've seen of this garbage, garbage year. Especially depending on what gets taken from you, right? Mm-hmm. Very true. Um... And let's be honest, that... Reagan wouldn't have even known that he made a wish so that he could renounce it. <laughs> was, his, was his brain Swiss cheese by 84? I thought that was a little later. 
Yeah, you know, whatever. But Reagan was he, garbage, and if you believe otherwise, you're garbage too. <laughs> so says the lady. So say we so, all. I do think, though, it was a blessing in disguise that this movie is out on HBO Max and not in theaters in terms of like everyone going to see it in theaters obviously it's in theaters if you are a lunatic mm -hmm. but um i think it's a blessing in disguise because i'm pretty confident what would have happened with this movie is people would have gone and see it on the seen it on the first weekend and it would have done you know okay well and then the word would have got out that this thing's fucking bad like word has gotten out and ticket sales would have plummeted right off the side of a cliff yeah, for the second but... weekend um, wh whose blessing is in disguise here? Because it's definitely not ours as viewers. Because, and I was thinking about this earlier, because I, I read something that Warner Brothers is happy enough with the response that they're fast-tracking Wonder Woman 3. But there and was always going to be a Wonder Woman 3. There was, but, you know, th that's the thing. They might have, if they had to sit and look at bad ticket returns they might have changed something it would have been bad in other ways but well that's the whole thing though right box office numbers are very different than eyes of people unless there were a lot of people who subscribed just to watch watch wonder woman because they didn't have anything else to fucking do you know who knows? Yeah, well, and, that, and that and that's my point where it's a blessing in disguise because you probably signed up a shitload of people to hbo max and you know how these subscription services work for a lot of people once they're signed up that's really it they just stay signed up and in that way yep. it's probably a big big success you know they're probably sitting in a fucking boardroom somewhere going holy shit we signed up you know a million people in a day <laughs> you know like it was right. it's a huge success and yeah, yeah. you're gonna have some churn be... and everything but right the metrics are going to be a lot different than if you were looking at something in the theater. Well, and, and keep it, in mind, Warner Brothers is the one that said that they plan to release every movie in 2020 in th in theater in 2021 in theaters and digitally, um, to the great chagrin of many people. Um, and here, you guys go ahead and talk. I gotta jump off real quick. I'll be right back. Um, and so. Like, for me, this is, I mean, it's a blessing in disguise for Warner Brothers, maybe, but I think it's go ultimately, it's going to do a lot of damage to the film industry as a whole, because it's going to tell them, oh, yeah, hey, we can make a lot of money doing shitty, th you know, making shitty movies and releasing it digitally, and uh, I guess we don't need theaters anymore. Um and, and yeah. I think, you know, it was eventually gonna it was eventually gonna go that way anyways, but this really sped it up. Yeah, and it, you know, it's gonna take away theaters' opportunity to try and innovate. It's, it's gonna give them a lot less time. the The problem is, is that one, the theater experience has kind of been shitty for a while now. Yeah, um, especially depending on where you go. And nothing has really been changing. In fact, I would say things have really only been getting worse. And 
See, I have there's a theater by us that we go to. Uh, it's a Marcus, and I actually like going to that theater. It's it's a lot more um, it's a lot more like what theater the theater experience I remember growing up. People aren't nearly as rude. There's not like waiters coming through in the middle of the movie to give people food. Um, it, 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 it much better in my opinion, right? Um, overall, though, like you still have to like across the, you have to deal with people talking. You have to deal with people on their phones. You have to deal with you know 17 hours worth of previews before the movie starts. Um, yeah, my God, we, we this Wonder Woman thing has eliminated previews. Thank you, Lord. Like, <laughs> like, dude. Okay, seriously, this HBO Max thing or anything like it, great, please. Because for all the reasons you just laid out, I don't need to go to the theater. And my fucking cell phone saved this movie from being much worse because I was able to play on it while I waited for this never-ending movie to finish. <laughs> you, so... know, you know what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me of cabs and Uber, where... You have an industry where people are generally dissatisfied with it, but it's their, you know, up until very recently, it was their only way to get new movies. Well, you know, or it was the only way to get to the airport. You had to call a cab and deal with all the bullshit that went that goes with getting a cab. Well, now you got somebody coming in who's going to play by a different set of rules. And is going who is to... a Titanic douchebag? Also, let's not act like the Uber CEO is a good dude. Oh yeah, no. But... Well, that's the thing, and that's that's well, he's the thing out. With Warner he's Brothers. been out for a long time. Yeah, Uber. The still... guy who started it though. Uber isn't Uber's... exactly like they're yeah. pieces of shit. But anyway, go ahead with your analogy, Bob. But you know, so you you've got you've got a company coming. You know, you got a company who's going to come in. They're going to offer a product that is, uh, you know, for a lot of people better. But everything going on behind the scenes is kind of uh, suspect. But you know, at the, at the end of the day, all consumers care about, and argue, you know, you can argue all they should care about is is the product that they're getting, what they want, and that's the thing. I love Uber so much more than getting in a cab, even though I know the company's shitty, because cabbies have done their damn best to make me hate them and the same thing with theaters even though i know warner brothers is evil as fuck um theaters have done nothing really to make me say yeah i want to save you well and from a you're talking about the consumer perspective from the consumer perspective this will probably if this ends up being a long-term thing which it more than likely won't but if it ends up being a long-term thing from the consumer perspective, yeah, maybe you're getting a worse quality of movie overall, but you also paid much less than you would have otherwise because you, what is HBO Max, $15 a month? Mm -hmm. um, I'm you would have paid I'm more. You would have paid more for that just for tickets, let alone food and drink and everything. I'm curious why you think that this won't be a long-term thing. Well, because once... This is going to be one of those things that they take away the moment they're able to. So 
once people but, are vaccinated or COVID isn't a real concern anymore, however long that might take, it might take two years, it might take five years, however long it takes, they're going to fucking take this away. This isn't going to be like, oh yeah, all our movies are always going to come out digitally the same day. That's not going to happen I, simply I think... because they're going to make so much less money. So that for well, that reason that's, alone, that's... it's not going to happen. That's the point I want to challenge. I don't know that that's the case. I think um, digital distribution, while the um, while the maybe the gross might come in a little lower, I think you you're you're losing you know distribution costs drop dramatically. So I I, I think it's it'll be interesting to see. Um, where the numbers end up coming out on these movies. And I think, you know, there's a reason Warner Brothers said that we're going to digitally release every movie in 2021. You know, they could have just sat back and said, we're going to play it by ear and digitally release what makes sense, um, depending on the state of COVID. But they said no. The reason they're doing it is simple, though. They're going to force HBO Max to be a success. And if they... If they take things away from HBO Max two years from now, the vast majority of people that are already subscribed are going to subscribe, going to stay subscribed. I mean, look at Netflix, man. Netflix has a couple really popular shows, you know, Queen's Gambit, The Crown. You could probably name some others that I'm not thinking of. But Netflix as a whole, quality-wise, has really fallen off a cliff. But... People are staying subscribed forever. Like Netflix is the new Comcast or DirecTV or whatever. You go on there and you start scrolling and you scroll and you scroll and you scroll. And you're like, holy shit, there's nothing on here I want to watch. Yeah, And that's what HBO Max is going to be a few years from now. They're going to force I, it to be a success through their movie yep. releases, and then they're going to take things away from you. I I think I think there's also the possibility though that they start doing different things like um, like charging you premiums uh, on for, on first week releases um, or something like that. I I don't something and this is just a feeling. I don't have numbers to back this up because frankly they don't release numbers for streaming shit um i don't i i'm not positive as positive as you are that this is going to be reversed i think this this might be a once you go forward you there's no going back because and, and i'll tell you what the reason for that is because people are going to sit People who have watched Wonder Woman, who will watch the next movie that comes out on HBO Max, they're going to sit there and they're going to really think about, hey, would this have been better if I had gone to the theater? And a lot of people are going to say no. And if it doesn't, in if the, that doesn't, let's say HBO says goes back on it and says, you have to go to the theater to get first run. Why would I go? I'll just wait. Because I know my home, my home experience is good. But that's not actually going to be the thought process. The only thought people are going to have is 
how badly do I want to see this? That's what they're going to think about. They're going to think, do I really want to see this? And this is why someone like Marvel has a big, Disney in general, has a big leg up. Because, you know, with DC, none of their movies do well, right? Like, they all, like, you know, they might make their money back, but they don't really do that well. Like, even Wonder Woman, if you go look, the first one didn't do, like, particularly well. It made its money, but it wasn't, like, a smash hit or something. And this one wasn't going to be either. Because it's a fucking DC movie, and they've conditioned everyone that they're, like, generally pretty mediocre. Whereas, if there's, you know, say, the next Guardians of the Galaxy, two years from now, that shit comes out in theaters, people are going. They're gonna go. They're gonna be excited. They're gonna be into it. They're gonna be there. You're going to get a good crowd. I do really think that this is probably there's no going back or or and it's it's not going to go back the way it was. The other reason, the other reason that this will not be a permanent solution is Right now, when you release a movie in theaters, that's really the only way to see it in an enjoyable experience, you know. People might go in there and they might sit there with their fucking video recorder and record the movie in fucking India or something and then go post online for everyone to watch, but the quality's terrible, the sound's terrible, it's a horrible experience, right? When you do something like you release Wonder Woman onto HBO Max, now there is a perfect digital copy for someone to rip and go post online, and a shitload of people watch it that way. It's not a small number. It's probably hundreds of thousands of people in lost sales, and that is not going to be tenable for the movie industry long term because that'll happen with every single digital release ever well but then you've also got um you've got you know legislation and rules being put in you know being put none of out that's going to stop people that's not going to stop people well i think it, one other big thing that you're kind of uh, maybe i missed it maybe you guys talked about it when i stepped away for a second but people are going to want an excuse to get out of the house and go do something with people. And a yeah. movie is a communal experience. I don't think you're ever going to, and not everybody has like the boss ass setup that, you know, we have here or Alex might have at home. You know, some people do, but not everybody does. So if you want to watch, you're still going to want to watch the big dumb whatever Star Wars garbage they're churning out on a yearly basis, people are still going to go see that. They want to see it on the big screen. I, 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 I agree with that. I think just if you look at the history of how, when change happens in industry, um, it doesn't often go back and it, or it doesn't go back to normal. I think digital distribution is is here to stay now and it's just a matter of what it will look like long term um and look 
the other thing I really think might be happening is the big studios, they might be hoping, hoping that your AMCs of the world go under and then they can come in, snatch up all those properties, buy them out from under them, run them, and now they have all the profits. They control everything. Well, and that's exactly why I th- I feel so strongly that this digital distribution stuff isn't going away. But you are 100% correct, and it's not even um, it's not even like a conspiracy theory. This is something that the um, the theater industry has has uh, been looking into. There's something called I believe it's called the Paramount Agreement. And basically, a long time ago, there was a, a, like a, a tacit agreement between the studios and the theaters that the studios would not buy theaters, wouldn't right. do it, right? And I what what everyone's kind of seeing right now, it what the what the studios are kind of edging at is wait, why do why are we gonna even why are we obeying this? This doesn't make any sense to us. Why I do thought we Disney need... had already, like, either they that... were fucking with theaters or they bought some yep. theaters. That's I don't exactly what right. happened a few years yeah. ago because it's Disney and they're like, fuck you, we'll do whatever we want. And, and just yeah. wait, this is what's going to happen. They're going to sit back and they're going to release stuff digitally and they're going to keep sticking it to the movie theaters over yep. and over and over and over again. And then whenever AMC finally has to admit that they're fucked, they're either going to sell themselves to... Maybe it'll be a conglomerate. Maybe it'll be, you know, Warner Brothers and Disney and whoever come together and say, hey, why don't we each take a third of this and we'll just split the profits on, you know, food and drinks and that sort of stuff. And we'll put all our movies in these theaters and, you know, they might do something like that. Or maybe Disney just comes along and straight up buys AMC and they don't even have to build anything. That's the thing is all the infrastructure is already there. All the fucking theaters are already there. This isn't like, you know, if Disney decides they're going to build a thousand movie theaters. That isn't what this is. This is Disney saying, hey, we're just going to buy up your thousand movie theaters and we're going to buy it up for fucking nothing because you don't have a fucking choice. You're screwed. Yep. Yeah. So that that's the thing. This is the it's the Titanic wave of change in this industry that's coming. It's already started, and um, and so you get something like Wonder Woman, 1984, that Warner Brothers sees as a huge success, um, on its streaming platform is just going to accelerate this change in the industry. And the truth is. The movie theaters were already extremely dependent on the massive amount of revenue that would come in for your big releases, you know, your Infinity War or whatever other big Marvel movies there are, because that's really the only time people go to theaters in big numbers anymore is when there's a new frickin' Marvel movie. Like, what else even does that big of a number? Like, Nothing. I can't think of anything that people were like, oh... I have to go see, you know, I'm trying to think of what the last big movie was that wasn't a Marvel, like a superhero movie of some type. Couldn't yeah. tell you. 
No, I mean, people who people who enjoy movies are going to go to the theater, um, but, you know, those tend to be small crowds, like even movies that you would, uh, on opening weekend, like your, your theater's not going to be packed for. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the interesting thing about it is, uh, you know, superhero movies as a genre, I mean, they really they've changed the perception of what, you know, a blockbuster is by being so consistently huge. It's like, it's absurd. You know, you get every now and then you get a movie like, um, avatar, which everybody and their mother goes to see for some reason. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't really make any sense, but there's so few and far between, but those those superhero movies they consistently do really good. Yeah, and I mean, look, like Disney's gonna flood Disney Plus with a bunch of fucking TV shows. But if anyone really believes that Disney Plus is gonna start getting, you know, the next Thor or the next Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, you got another thing fucking coming, man. They're gonna wait until it's in theaters and so they can make massive profits. Maybe some, like, little, maybe one of the smaller properties will go on there. Like, maybe they throw a Ant-Man movie on there or something. But I guarantee you, one of the big box office movers is not going on there. Absolutely not. It's not fucking happening. I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's going to really depend on what consumer trends are and where people are spending their money. You know, if if people get used to the idea of having movies on Disney Plus and it goes away, well, people start dropping subscriptions to Disney Plus. Um, There's I think... like a loyalty to Disney, though, that I think you're you're not accounting for. Like people like eat that shit up, like to, oh, to yeah, a greater extent do. than like. Like the the mongoloids that still watch WWE, like it's insanity. But I do feel like we're kind of talking in circles. Could we jump to the challenge? Sure. Right, so final thoughts. Final thoughts on the theater. I got. I got. I got no other thoughts. I'm right. Bob's wrong. Let's move on to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what sucks is we have to wait. We're gonna have to wait a long time for us to. Figure yeah. This will be like. This will be like. Three years from now, maybe we'll know who was right. Spoiler alert, it's fucking me. <laughs> anyway, the challenge. Um, why don't you talk about it, Erica? There was some funny stuff, but it wasn't like a particularly great episode. It wasn't, um, but I, I, one, I think they just broke Wes, which made me kind of sad. Wes was just broken. <laughs> um, and well. it's, it's... I mean, I, I hope it pays off for Leroy. And I was talking to Bob about this because it's just, he's not, he says he's not coming on the show again. We'll see. But he says this is his last year. So if you yeah, got to burn everything. He's burning all the bridges. If he wins, it's worth down it. To get there. If you win, it's worth it. If not, okay, you're a piece of shit. Good for you. If he can win, if he can win with his girlfriend, then I'd say it's worth it. Um, if he can't, then, you know, whatever. 
it's right. yeah, maybe hey maybe you were the focus of a storyline for your final time on the show that's not too bad of a way to go out it's not and i'm sure he's getting paid decent money to be on the show so it's like at least you have that you know um, i yeah i mean the, the constant... thing with wes oh go ahead mm-hmm. go ahead i'm sorry oh no i was just gonna say the constant picking at the scab that is josh endlessly amuses me He's oh, just so Josh easy. is such a yeah. I don't. <laughs> okay, so that brings me to one of the highlights of this episode is CT and Casey are having what I would call a very minor argument about the use of a burner. I don't and... even know that I would call it an argument, but sure. <laughs> it was something. It was like very minor, and eventually it ends up in like I guess CT walked away to have a smoke or something, and. Casey was maybe complaining about it a little bit, but I don't think she, it was just like she's probably just trying to like get some camera time or something, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like that big of a deal. And Josh runs over to fucking CT and he's like, "Hey, you made Casey cry." And CT's like, "Whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen." And he goes in because he's like new dad CT. He doesn't want Casey to cry. Right. Now, like 20 years ago, CT would have been like. I hope that bitch fucking cries. Great. Well, he'd go now... in and he'd be like, can I lick the tears off of your face? They sustain me. But no, now, yes, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, so he goes, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I heard you were crying. I, you know, are you okay? And she's like, I wasn't crying. Who told you I was crying? Oh, Josh did. And Josh is like right there, of course. And he's like, oh, I didn't say she was crying. I said she was upset. And CT's like, no, you fucking didn't, you piece right. of shit. <laughs> right. And then cut to, like, the footage of him clearly saying she was crying. I I just, I, I after him in, like, the, the and Anissa, Anissa is Anissa. I love her, but she's, she's never winning. But last season, no. he was, like, he was all, like, well, I don't know who I want to run a final with. And, but it's, like, you, your ass is not in the final. You have never been to a final. You ain't shit. So you need to shut your face. This, like, big dog on campus thing that he, he like, affects and his attempt at, like, a, a feud, I'm using quotations, with Wes and Wes's complete, like, you are nothing, do not talk to me, you do not even register on my radar. He's so desperate to, like, be this, like, like top dog and he's done jack and shit. It, I just, I love the picking. like And it's so easy. It's, like... Like I want Devin to keep just like pushing okay. his thumb into that wound and keep salting it okay. and just like sock me, dude. Punch me in the face, please. <laughs> so this is, and then this is what I was gonna get to is next. Now Je- Devin's in the back and he goes, "Big Brother sucks," and he's like clearly fucking just like this couldn't have been more nothing. And exactly. this, for some reason, is just a bridge too far for Josh. <laughs> How dare he insult the sanctity of Big Brother? The this cinematic piece of in- shit. The cinematic institution of Big Brother. How dare so, you? How dare he, you, sir? He, he he loses. He's like, hold me back. Security's got to fucking come in for this lunatic. And Devin's having the time of his life. He's like. Thank you for all the screen time, you big dumb oaf. And then he's, for some reason, he starts yelling out, What's eight times nine? What's eight times nine? (laughs) It was... I'm normally not a Devin fan, but he has been 
great this season. Devin without bananas there to drive him crazy. Oh, so much better. So, so much, much better. better. So much better. Like, because I saw Devin was on this season. I was like, oh, really? I'm not a big Devin person. Because when but... bananas is there, Devin feels like he must be the alpha. Even though Devin is absolutely not an alpha, he so desperately wants to be the alpha but for some reason this season that's not like his concern and now he has just gone into like i'm just gonna stir the pot and have fun <laughs> like he's like i don't even care about winning well and here's the other thing that i've been kind of uh, like i need these people your fessies your leroys you guys need to step the fuck up like these are obvious physical challenges and you guys are just, and I don't know if there's a mechanic that's going to be later in the season that you can, or if they've talked about this already. Can you steal skulls? Yes, you would be able to take a skull from someone if you beat them in elimination. Okay, okay. But all, all like, they've said, all they've said is there will be ten skulls, which leads you to believe five skulls for women and five skulls for men, I, you would think. And right. that... It, there's going to be more than 10 eliminations, but you don't know how many eliminations there's going to be. Right. So you could theoretically, well, you know, like, um, who just won one, like... Devin won a skull. Oh, Devin did just won. Yeah, right. So in theory, Devin could end up going against Fessy, who could beat him and take his skull. But you also run into the problem, what if it's a puzzle? Right. I just, it's its annoying me that it's like these, oh, I'm big, tough, whatever the fuck. You're in control of your own destiny now. You need to get down there, get your fucking skull, and I don't want to hear bitching about it later in the season. Because that happened a lot last year. Yeah, I mean, that was that's what was so great about, and I don't think we discussed the episode before this, so we could talk about that as well. I loved the end of that episode where Kyle's like, Fessy. It's a fucking giant pit with a circle in a sand. It was obviously yep. physical, you pussy. Yeah, I loved that. Because <laughs> he's absolutely so and right. Then, and then Kyle pulls the power move of, oh, by the way, I'm partnering with Cam. I loved that. I'm in your I alliance, loved, buddy. I loved that. Well, and here's it was the other awesome. thing that I thought was interesting. Is like Cam seems to be all in on that alliance. Leroy, not so much. Did you notice that? I think Leroy, in the end, is going to do whatever Cam tells him to do. Sure, but it was interesting to me to see him and Casey being very... We're not going to have a big discussion here. I, I thought it was Yeah, odd Casey's not revealing all the cards. Yeah, so clearly there's like the Big Brother Alliance, and they're going to take care of themselves, and they're willing to work with other people, but you're not being protected. Right, exactly, exactly. So uh, I found yeah, that I interesting. Yeah, I mean that was that was great. Fessy should have absolutely. I mean, Fessy's had two opportunities now to get easy skulls. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, yeah, okay, I you're mean, a dummy, and I, I mean, I kind of knew that already, but yeah, fine. He's a dummy Leroy he's too, not... though. Well, I feel like, like Fessy. I feel like Fessy, he's got to show me something by the end of this season. Otherwise, I really hope they don't bring him back again. Because I, I feel like it's okay to give someone a second chance to like show more personality and be mm -hmm. more interesting. But a third chance? Uh, I don't think so. Especially when you're a guy like Fessy, who's really big and he's going to be a hard 
out in a lot of eliminations. You know, I don't want a guy like that just hanging around being boring. Like, CT yeah. in his prime especially was this massive physical threat. But you know what C- What else CT was? Fucking incredible television. Okay? Oh, he's got a <laughs> so, lot of charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he's being a douchebag, it's like, okay, but it's CT, you know? Well, You can't look and, away. And, and right. Fessy, super genius that he is, gives up the ghost on the... Oh, this, fucking um, stupid! Yeah, with the oh, the yeah. fact that they can see the they votes. Know. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you say that? Why would like you say you that? What if you win again? What if you win right. again? You fucking moron! Like what? What? You were the biggest idiot. Well, and then wasn't it? Uh, was it Corey that was like, okay, you're like telling all these other people this. I'm the last person that you fucking tell. I thought we were. And you and you tossed me under the bus. Right, exactly. I thought we were buds. No? Okay. That's fine. Yeah, I... He, Fessy just... I I agree with you, Alex. He's got to do something. Because you, you're watching last season, you're like, okay, first season, maybe he's just got to figure it out, but... Eh. I haven't been impressed so far this season. No. More annoyed and, than anything. And, and, like, I will give you, like, passing on week one for... You know, because you don't know the game yet. You know, right. there's, you know, stuff. Every every season of the challenge, you really don't know what's going on until after the first elimination is said and done for. You really right. don't. And, and in some seasons, you don't know until fucking halfway through the game when they throw it all askew for some fucking reason. But, right. so, you're going to pass on week one. Okay. You shouldn't have, but... Okay, I can kind of understand that. Passing on week two, all that tells me is you, you are either just a complete coward, a complete idiot, or all you really care about is the weekly check. And that's it. Yeah, another I, great... I didn't... Oh, go ahead, Alex. Well, I was just going to say another great Devin moment was he was like talking about Nicole, and he's like, I speak English, she speaks whatever she speaks <laughs> Alex we were losing our fucking shit when that when that happens it's amazing <laughs> though apparently she really fucked up her shoulder like she tore something she's got to have surgery well that look sucks. i mean that was just a, one of these challenges that i think like they just didn't think about it you're normally, you know, I was telling Bob, normally when they do the wrestling type stuff, it's in sand. Because, you know, it's not fun to get, like, slammed on sand. But you know no. what's worse? Getting slammed on metal. That's fucking worse. Yeah, and great. they were on top of a truck getting slammed down on the metal. And maybe, you know, maybe her shoulder was fucked already. Maybe it was going to happen anyway, and it just happened to happen in that challenge. But... Why accelerate injuries by using a metal surface for a wrestling game? Right, exactly. Well, and you had so many like opportunities for people's arms or legs to get caught, and yeah, it just wasn't a good, a good, well thought out challenge. And it wasn't no, even I... that good on TV because they're on a moving object, they're on metal, and I think they all saw what happened to Nicole, and they were like, "We're not going to go that hard in this." Why well, that was we go the other hard? thing. You're giving me like a CT fessy, like head to head. And they didn't and even, like... it was like, that was like real half-assed. That was like, right. 
Well, CT's not going to get We don't need to hurt each other injured. over this shit. Exactly. Exactly. But, um... Uh, what else was I going to say? We talked about how Josh is, like, just an idiot. <laughs> Devin's been enjoyable. Wes's, well, and, you know Wes's what? ridiculous speech at the end. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Because it's like, okay, Wes. Okay. Guys, you're upset, take but... it from me. I'm a champion. I've won. You don't need to lie. I never needed to lie to win. It's like... Wes. <laughs> what? Wes. Sweet, you sweet summer child, honey. Like, come on. I get you're mad. I get that you're mad. I do. But let's... let's let, We all have memories. We've, we've watched the challenge. Calm it down, baby. Calm it down. But he was just like... You know, I mean, he went, he shot his shot with Leroy. Leroy threw him under the bus. Okay. Is what it is, man. You know? I don't... I can't... I don't know if you remember, but remember he was arguing with that one guy? He was having something of an argument with that guy at the last nomination, so in the previous episode. Yeah. And that guy is talking about whatever, talking about Wes, this, that, and the other, and he's, like, telling Wes, you know, oh, you know, you could just go in and lose what do you care you've already won you're rich right and they cut to Wes, and he's like it was basically i forget exactly how he put it but he just basically goes well i just heard a bunch of nonsense but you are right i am rich and then they cut <laughs> to like... durell and durell's like yeah you don't need to tell people you're rich if you're really rich i i enjoyed that as well yeah that was all great wes is such a bullshitter but he's good tv I yeah. I I always enjoy having Wes on the show. Well, and I enjoyed the the unholy alliance from last uh, season. That was enjoyable. Yeah. Well, and I dug the hopefully hell out we'll of it. get more of that because look, this is what's this is what was happening to bananas, and now it's happening to Wes. The new people, especially the Big Brother people, are ganging up against us. We had to align. They had to. It wasn't even like we're going to be best friends. We have to align for our place on this show. And I hope, you know, get 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 Bananas in there again. Get Wes in there. Let's get Laurel back on a fucking season. Let's get a fucking alliance of some really good players who generally like to work together. And let them go up against these big brother fucks. And... Let the, you know, let fucking, let Tori see what it's like when Laurel gets her hands on you. Let's see how much fun you have then. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, more Devin praise. The absolute shit-eating grin on his face when he turns around, he goes, I'm gonna partner with Tori. <laughs> Incredible. Well, because I think at this point, he knows he's probably fucked, so he's just like, I'm just going to fuck everybody else up then. I'm just going to have so much fun, and I'm going to be all over this fucking show while I'm still here. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe I didn't come off so hot. Maybe I didn't like the way I came off the last couple times I was on the show. I'm going to change people's perception of me. It's, It's doable. It's a thing that can happen. Oh, it's funny. You know who I'm really had happy is not on this show this season? Ninja Nan. Car Maria. Oh, well, that's a given. Did I even need to tell you that I was happy there was no Cara Maria and Polly? <laughs> no. Um, oh, I'm so happy Ninja 
is, same. is not here. Oh my Big god. Same. The most annoying. They got to they got to figure out a way to get fucking Emily back on this show, dude. I just want to see Emily get her hands on some of these women who think they're fucking badass bitches. Let's get Emily in there with Cam in a pole wrestling match. Let's see how much fun Cam has. That'll humble her ass real quick. <laughs> Because Cam's still walking around like she's a big badass. I'm so fucking great. Cam, you've never done anything on this show. You're a jabroni. You just talk a good game. Yeah, I... I, Cam, you know, I had had to step back a minute and really think about it when it came to... with, with, With Cam... And uh, her elimination record. Because her elimination record is actually pretty damn good. It's 7-2. to two. Um, you know, But who's look, she going against? Well, is it all idiots? Here's, here, here, here's, here's, and I, I want to have, a, I, I do want to break this down. Because I want to, I want to kind of get to the point of like, am I, is, am I justified in my feelings that Cam has not proven herself. So if you go back to uh, Vendetta's, uh, she won the Crazy Eight um, elimination against Tori. Um, I don't remember what that was. But wasn't that the one? Okay, but that was the one where Tori was brought in as a mercenary, and she threw that. That was a throw. She, she did. didn't even try. You're right. She didn't okay. even try. Okay, you so we comp- could throw that one out already. That one's out. That doesn't mean um, anything. She won uh, the Yank in My Chain, uh, whatever that elimination was, against Ashley Mitchell, um, which Ashley Uh, weighs two pounds. Which one was that? I don't know what that was. I don't remember. Um, I really don't. And again, Uh, I'm not impressed by someone... If you beat Ashley in a puzzle, okay, you've done something. If you beat yeah. Ashley in a physical elimination, it's like, that's not Ashley's strength. I don't really care. Right. Then she won against uh, she won against uh, Natalie Negrati uh, in Spanish yeah. Torture. Another... I think that was the one. I think that was the one where like they were on a chain or a rope or something, and they had to like cross to the other side. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. like Natalie is not particularly good. She's no. okay. What's um, next? Next in Champs versus Stars 2018, she lost to Brooke in the Rock and Roll uh, elimination. Uh, oh, that was the one where they had to like push that giant thing around on wheels, I think. But Okay. okay, again, it's like, yeah. whatever, Brooke's like twice her size, so that doesn't surprise me. Right, but, I mean, there's a loss against a physical person. Um, el- elimination, now going to Final Reckoning. Um, she won against the Think Outside the Box Challenge against Natalie and Polly. Don't remember that one. Um, she was partnered um... with Kaylee. I think that was the one. Was it? Did you say it was Natalie and Polly? Yeah. I think that was the one where they had to like turn a box, and inside the box there were like 
a bunch of little like other boxes or balls or something and they were getting turned with the thing and they had to like find a puzzle piece while they were being turned all over the place or something like that i think it was something along those lines i mean look did you say they they won that they won that yeah I'm not impressed by being beating Paulie and Natalie. Paulie and Natalie lost to fucking everyone that season. That's when they <laughs> lost like 55 million eliminations that one was, season and kept coming it was back. Kind of hysterical. That was the um, season where it was actually better to lose. Yeah. Um, then the next one is same season, the Think Tank Challenge. She won against Devon and Josea. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, then, so the ne- then they had, she, there was the redemption shit, I'm not gonna go into that. Um, moving on to War of the Worlds, um, she won with Ashley C against Amanda and Josh in the uphill battle against Amanda and Josh. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, sweet, I don't even know what that one was. No, but that's not impressing me. Wheel of Death, um, she lost against Polly and Natalie D. Oh my uh, God! Imagine Ninja. losing to Polly to something. Oh, embarrassing! God. So embarrassing. And then in War of the Worlds too, she didn't face any eliminations. Uh, she did uh, end up in the final. So I mean, going through all that, like, I she's made two finals, um, but. And you know she didn't really play. She didn't no win. one's afraid of Cam. No one's afraid no. of Cam unless you're an idiot. I I just I don't I don't feel like she has proven herself yet. And she walks. And I was talking to Erica about this the other day. She walks around with this. I'm, you know, the My queen of the challenge. Stink. I you know and and I don't mind people who are cocky. Like, I really don't. Like, a lot of the people on the show who I like are really cocky. But you, there's kind of two different cockinesses you can pull off. You can pull off, I've won seven times because my name's Johnny Bananas. And, yeah, you should bow at my feet. Um, or you can you can pass off, I know I'm good. I just haven't proven myself. And Cam's trying to do the first without having actually proven herself for me when it comes to eliminations i need something that impresses me you either have to like beat someone who's good at puzzles in a puzzle or you have to win a physical elimination against someone who's supposed to be your peer you know like I don't know what fucking season it was, but do you remember when Emily absolutely smashed Cara Maria in that pole wrestling? It's like, that's the stuff people remember, you know? It's like, holy shit, no one wants to see Emily in a physical elimination after that. They're going to run away from her. Erica, did you have any thoughts about these cam eliminations? The only thing that I really wanted to bring up was uh, the one where Cam and uh, uh, Polly, before Polly became the douchebag that he he would be on the challenge. I forget which season it was, but they had him anchored down by like 
several bungee cords. <laughs> yeah, and her did. partner were only anchored down by like one, and I think they felt they had to do that because it was a dude versus a dude and a girl team yeah. versus a, a two women team. Yeah, that was back when they were doing women against men in a few seasons, and they would always put insane handicaps on the men. I remember being really, really, like, just... It was one of those those three bad seasons that have happened over the course Mm -hmm. of the last couple years, and it was very infuriating. But, um, uh, yeah, I I, I also on board the the Cam Ain't Really Shit uh, train. Yeah. You know, and I the reason I wanted to tease this out was uh, something came up on Reddit that was like, you know, you guys are just given, you, you know, you're pretending like Cam has improved herself because she's black, and I'm like, you know, okay, no. I will, I will take it, but I said, okay, I'll take a step back and and let's, I'll try and look at it objectively and look through the elimination history. And well, and Bob, I, I will say that that has a thought that has crossed my mind. I'm like, am I just being like a racist sack of shit when I'm like dumping all over her? But I really don't think that she's done anything, you know? Yeah. But, and sure, you look at the elimination record, the elimination record is impressive. But when you do go through and you kind of tease it out a little bit, it's not that impressive. And you could yeah, do I... that with, with anybody. And But it just, when you walk around being like, I'm king shit of fuck mountain... And you don't really have anything to back it up. It's 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 a little frustrating. Yeah, I I get on this podcast and I dump on plenty of fucking people and games and movies or whatever, and it's got nothing to do with skin color. Some people right. seem no. to be dumped on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I really hey, I, I wanted I wanted to go home on like like a nothing elimination too. Well, like, you know what? I'd like her to prove herself because it's one yeah. thing to talk a bunch of shit, but prove yourself, do something. I And I feel like Cam, I could be completely wrong. It could just have been the clothes she was wearing or something. But I feel like Cam came in in this season in the best shape I've seen her in. And unlike an Anissa who just seems like she can't get away from the fucking food. You know, I mean, you can't come in and act like you're going to win the challenge in this condition. You just, you I just mean... aren't going to. You know, I, I can appreciate the, the not wanting to step away. From I, I look I, I love food as much as the next guy, but Erica, are you are you on the challenge trying to compete for money with like no. athletes? No, <laughs> like I am real not. athletes. You know. But no, so you it's do a have different a point. situation. Cam and Leroy do look like they came to play. I'll be very mm-hmm. interested to see if they took, you know, swimming lessons seriously. <laughs> because you are gonna have to swim at some point and that's just <laughs> yes. I'm not, that's not like a a weird race thing or whatever. It's just, they have proven that they cannot swim in previous challenges. And it's important. It's like, it's like coming into a challenge, you know, at some point, I'm going to probably have to run like 10 miles. And if you can't run 10 miles at a decent pace, you might as well not even bother. You're fucked. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Unless you think your alliance is strong enough that it can save you. Yeah, or you I, think maybe there's going to be some huge team game, but they don't really do that anymore. I really don't know where this... Like, I have not a really good idea at all of where this season's going to go or how this is going to play out. Um, I do I, I do hope um, that some people who have 
made bad decisions this far and gotten lucky end up suffering for those bad decisions. Um, but, you know, if people prove themselves, that's good too. You know, I'd love for somebody to, to come in and win and, like, prove that all the shit they talk is, you know, backed up. Um, I don't well, know who I'm cheering for on this season, though. Yeah, I don't... Um, I'm cheering for Devin's Chaos. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm always pulling for Kyle to some degree, because Kyle's entertaining. Not that I think he's, like, a good guy or anything, but he's entertaining. He's good TV. Um... I'm usually pulling for CT. Yeah, I'm pulling for CT, CT to a degree. I guess I'm kind of pulling for Tori, although she can be very bitchy at times, but that's just the women on this show as, as a whole, I suppose. Uh, well, and I, mean, I will like, what, say... What, women, what woman would you guys be pulling for on this season? I think Tori's got a good shot just because Jordan isn't there to kind of bog her down with his douchebaggedness. Um <laughs> Which, unfortunately, you know, I like Jordan a lot as a competitor, but he can be a massive fucking pud sometimes on the show. Um, I'm trying to think. Nam. Nam. Oh. Nam. No, sorry. Yeah, it's I, not a woman. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, um, I, I think the new, I, I think this new Natalie girl is nice. She seems nice enough. She hasn't been pulled down into the horse shit yet. Give it time. Yeah. Yep. Which one? Which one's the new Natalie? The the girl who's all muscled up. She looks like she, she maybe was she's Wes. like Indian. She was yeah, with, she okay, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think she has good potential to go for it. She reminds me of Bobby from uh, the Expanse a little bit. Um, she's definitely wide. Like uh, there were some shots of her was I was like, holy shit, her back is big. Like yeah, this is not going to be an easy out in anything well, physical. Well, and the the one challenge with people like that is the cardio, and that yeah, that can that true. that can be that can be a problem later. But so far, she's looked great, so I have no reason to doubt her. Um, I'd like to see Lolo do well. I don't mind Lolo. Lolo's like a little. I don't know how to describe it. Lola almost feels like she's trying too hard right now. Like she's trying to be a reality TV star rather than mm-hmm. just being herself. Unless maybe this just is her, but to me it feels a little bit put on. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think she's still feeling herself out on the show. I mean, she did. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, Chance I'm glad stars, they, but that's very different. That's a different thing. Yeah, I I'm glad they got a real legit female athlete on the show because they really don't have that many of those you know so and when they do get them they tend to not stick around which is kind of the disappointing thing about the show is you know evelyn wasn't really on that many seasons emily was barely on at all laurel hasn't been on that many seasons you know when they get like the real top level women they don't tend to stick around like the guys do for whatever reason because yeah. the mental anguish, Alex, it's just, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey. you damn women are so mentally weak. It's not even that. It's just, I think it's, it's, and I, I could be wrong, but I think the dudes might be just a little bit more willing to put up with the shit. Because I don't think it ever gets as bad for them. It can get pretty bad for the women. Yeah, probably. Stuck in a house and with a bunch of fucking lunatics. 
right, you're stuck in a house with these assholes that you, you're, you, you might have a couple friends, but I mean, you're in a house for however many months with these fucking maniacs. I, I wouldn't want to do that very much either. That, and you know, you, you have a life to live outside of it. And some people don't, yeah. some people's lives are the challenge, but you know, if you've got a family, if you want to start a family or whatever the hell, it's like, why would I go back and torture myself? Yeah, well, right. and I do, I do think that for the women too, like, uh, the it's it's kind of rare for there to be too many there there aren't too many women who are going to terrorize the men as much. You you certainly have them. You got your Ashleys, um, uh, or what's her name? Who's the the truly evil one? Oh, I can't remember. Amanda. Amanda. Like they're there, but I think it, I think it flows down to the women more in general. Like they get from the other women and from the guys too. The guys who think they're they're just being charming, but really they're being dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I uh, have something we could discuss for a few moments in my sure. continued effort to actually play new video games. I and rather than just play Destiny forever for the rest of my life, I played. Uh, well, I finished Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, it was it was fine. It was good. Yakuza Zero is still the best of the three that I've played, and Yakuza Three, Four, and Five will be on Game Pass in January. So now I'll have to play those, but <laughs> because I must play them all. Bob and Erica, I must play them all. Um, what I would like this year is, is to take some time and actually play. I'm, I'm just hoping that the the you know because 2020 has just been horrific for all kinds of reasons. I'm hoping that I can actually like be able to sit down with a book again, be able to like sit down and play a video game. Like I just haven't been able to focus on this stuff. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I finished that, and then I mm-hmm. decided to play Control because that just went on Game Pass. Um, I don't know if you remember, but Control is another Remedy game. So, you know, like Max Payne, um, mm-hmm. Alan Wake, Quantum Break, and now Control. Oh, I liked Alan Wake. That was a fun game. And, uh, well, interestingly enough. This game has story tie-ins to Alan Wake, so it's it's kind of an interesting game. It's almost like it reminds me of like um, the X Files, kind of, from what little bit I've seen of that show. Or uh, like, have you guys ever read the SPD Foundation stuff? Have you ever read any of that? SPD Foundation. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think. Mm, I okay, have so if you go look it up, it's a website, and basically it's like a, it's like a clearly, you know, for some reason some lunatics thought this was real. So I think at some point they clarified that it's a fan fiction like writing website, where people essentially write about like paranormal things that happened, usually related to an object or an entity in some way. Um, so. What Control is, is I'll give you like kind of a synopsis. You're this woman, Jessie, and you are drawn to kind of, you find out more as you go on, but at the beginning of the game, she's walking into this building in New York, and the building is the Federal Bureau of Control. 
and there's no one there. Um, and you kind of walk around and you eventually end up in the director's office and the director is dead on the ground, apparently having shot himself with a gun. And you're drawn to pick up the gun for some reason. And when you pick it up, you discover that the gun is some sort of seemingly magical object that allows you to communicate with an entity called the board. And the board is essentially the group behind the scenes that's running this Federal Bureau of Control. And they put you through a test to decide if you're worthy of wielding the gun. Once you're not worthy of wielding it, you kill yourself. <laughs> so um, you end up, of course, you're worthy. And so now, since you're worthy, you wield this gun, the, um, I forget what it's called, the service weapon is what it's called. You are now the director of the Bureau. You're in charge. And what's happened is in the Bureau, there's this invasion by some, some force called the Hiss. And they're taking over people's bodies and they're essentially becoming their slaves. And it's like you're just going through this whole game of trying to like figure out like there's all these weird things happening. There's a voice in your head you're talking to that seems to be giving you some guidance along the way. Um, <laughs> and the whole game is just basically about like, you know, like there's objects around and the objects all have different powers or attributes or they're affecting the world in some way so you find like this floppy disk and the floppy disk essentially gives you like fucking force powers if you bind yourself to it so like you have the ability to pick up objects and throw them at people essentially once you get all your powers the summary of this game is that you're a jedi but instead of a fucking lightsaber you have a gun <laughs> And the gun can be modified to do different things or fire in different ways. And it's an interesting game. I feel like my summary of the game would be the gameplay itself is a little repetitive and dull and not particularly creative. But they did a great job of building the world. And this building you're in called the oldest house that the Federal Bureau of Control is in is very cool. Great atmosphere. Um... The building can change itself depending on the circumstance or, or objects changing it or something. So it's very, it's it's an interesting game. Um, I think they leave a little, few too many threads like open in the end for me, for my taste. I would have liked a little bit more explanation. But... They did the same thing with, uh, with Alan Wake, if memory serves. It's been a minute since I've played that, but they left a lot of stuff kind of open in that too. Yeah, and I think in this game, one of the files I remember reading, I can't remember the exact details, but I think they, they mention Alan Wake, and he, I think their theory internally in the Bureau was that Alan Wake may be one of these, what they called um, objects of power. So hmm. through his writing, he might have the ability to manipulate reality. So he's not like a normal person, you know? That's cool. Um, That's pretty neat. Yeah, so you said it's, it's on it's Game interesting. Pass. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, the, it's 
the the atmosphere the environment is cool it's not like to the level of like a bioshock atmosphere where that like is like just blew everyone away you know but it was right, cool right. and they have a sequence in the game that's really fucking cool it's totally linear it would happen the same way every time you do it but it's a really cool sequence one of the, probably the coolest things i've ever seen in a video game um mm. not to not to like give away too much but um one of the objects is an ashtray and whoever controls the ashtray can use it to build a maze that's an absolute that's basically impossible to solve and get through without permission from the controller of the ashtray to get through it and you have to figure out a way through this maze and you know there's a lot of like the environment shifting around you while you fight enemies and it's a really it's a really cool sequence it's definitely the best part of the whole game interesting i'll have to check and it I out i wish they i wish they would have done more like that uh, then, since I beat that, I started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and, and if, you you if you remember, Bob, this was the game that reviewers were saying was worse if you played it without the XP booster. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I don't know if the game's been, you know, I'm sure the game's been patched and everything, and I don't know if they changed things or not, but in the version I'm playing, I have not had that experience. So, like, I seem leveled up fine for the game, and the game scales to you anyway, so, like, if I'm a level 15, I'm fighting level 15s. If I'm a level 50, I'm fighting level 50s, so... Okay. I don't really know how XP would matter, you know? Like, what does well, it matter what level just, I am? It might have just been a thing where it's like, hey, reviewers, yeah, get people to, to, to you know, buy the extra stuff, so. Maybe, but it was always portrayed as a negative, not a positive. Oh, I don't know then. Eh. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I haven't really had an issue. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I, I'm really curious uh, if uh, if it has been updated because it was they were pretty adamant about it when it came out that you know it it was basically unplayable. So I'd be interested. Yeah. So my my general thoughts on the game so far is one like i haven't played an assassin's creed game really since like unity like i played a little bit of black flag but i didn't like it so i quit um but the last one i played through was unity and i enjoyed unity i thought it was a good game um like a solid you know eight out of ten good solid game worth playing but this one is like it's okay, but it's not an Assassin's Creed game. I really feel more like they set out to make more of a like traditional RPG. You know, like there's gear drops, there's leveling up. It, it really feels more like an RPG to me rather than like an Assassin's Creed game. Um, and really in this game, if you want, I wouldn't recommend it because you'll make everything take longer. But... If you want, you can just walk into an area and just flat out, like, just get into a huge battle with, like, ten people. You know, like, it really makes more sense to, like, go through and assassinate everyone, you know. But um, you can just play it like it's a fucking, like, brawler or something. Uh, that's, it, 
that's been an issue with a number of Assassin's Creed games, though. Yeah. I'm, I remember very, in the varying degrees, but like, I remember playing three, and I was in a situation where I was surrounded by like 30 British soldiers. I was pinned in a corner. Like, there is no reason I should have been able to walk out of that, and I did. So, yeah, it's it's been an issue for a bit. Yeah, for me, the main issue is, is like, the main quest stuff is fine, it's whatever, but I'm getting so little of the story so far. Now, keep in mind, I'm, like, 15 hours into this fucking game. Like, I've played a lot. And I knew going in it was a huge game, but... I guess what I didn't know is that, like, why it's a huge game. And so far, it's really just like you go to a spot where there's a question mark on the map, you kill the enemies, you loot the stuff. You go somewhere else, you kill the enemies, you loot the stuff. And you do this, like, over and over and over and over again. And it's very repetitive, it's very samey, it's like... It's a fine game for me if I'm going to listen to a podcast or something... But I can already tell you, like, I've been waiting for a new month so I can abuse a new data cap because we're on fucking stupid <laughs> data caps, you know? And I can already tell you, this game's going to be a long-term project. And, like, next I'm going to play, like, Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or whatever it's called. Um, Star Wars Which I'm Star Wars Fallen playing. Order? Or is it Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order? Order? Yeah. I don't okay. know. <laughs> so... I'm going to play that because I've been getting nagged about it. And I want to play Greedfall, which is also on Game Pass. And there's some other games I'm sure I could find. But I think it's going to be a fun game. Like, fun is a term I'm using loosely in this circumstance. But I think it's a fine game for if I'm going to, you know, listen to a podcast or and I just need something to pass the time. But there are other games that I kind of want to play that I know aren't going to be like a 100-hour time investment. You know? Well, not everything yeah. has to be. Well, this no. game absolutely has to be. Well, it's right. It's a. Yeah. It's designed to be that way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that. And that's the thing. I. I. It's one of the. Like. I don't want a game. Like, I don't want an Uncharted 3, which I beat in literally eight hours. Like, that mm. was too short. But I don't want to also have a game I don't want the other extreme either I don't want to have to play you know 60 to 100 hours to get the core of a game if I get sucked in and I do really want to do every last little thing and I end up spending 100 plus hours on a game great but the vast majority of games are do not you know really grab me that way like my ideal game length is somewhere around 30 hours for a single player game um oh and go ahead well this is the other thing about this game that i just remembered i'm playing on essentially the fastest settings you can play it on so there's two like settings changes you can make there's like combat difficulty you know so like easy normal hard whatever and then there's another one that's like you could either play on kind of it's i think it's called like story mode or exploration mode and they say on the exploration mode like this is the way the game is designed to be played so i'm like okay i'll try exploration mode i'll see what it's like 
And basically what happens is every single time you get like a main quest, you're the NPCs will be like, oh, you know, you'll ask questions like, where did they go? What direction? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, they went up to the north and it's there by the fucking statue of, you know, fucking Ares or some made up shit, you know, right? Like, it's all it's all just like random horse shit that I wouldn't know anything about. And I think the game thinks I'm going to somehow magically know where this stuff is. <laughs> So I did like one quest like this and I was like, this is taking fucking forever. And I did eventually find what they wanted me to find, but it was like, I, this game, I can already tell based on how long it took me just to clear out like one area of like the 40 areas on the map. It's like, this is clearly a, like a 100 hour game, like minimum. So why would I turn this into a 150 hour game? just wandering around like an idiot. <laughs> so I turned on the mode where they just show me the marker of where I need to go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this hasn't taken anything away. You know, it's not like, it's not like a difficulty thing. It's just, I guess if you love exploring, then sure. But I don't want to fucking me, search out every corner of the map. Something like, a, maybe more like a Fallout or like a Skyrim where I feel like there's... To me, I'm more interested. I don't really give a shit about the main story. Like, who gives a fuck? I want to find all the little, like, weird shit on the map. That, it's a little more fun to turn off the, you know, the, oh, it's this way, you know, line. And just kind of, like, find it yourself. Discover it yourself. But, yeah, for something like uh, an Assassin's Creed game, it's like, no, just just tell me where I need to go. Um, Alex, do you ever look at how long to beat? For games, no. Oh, do you know what it is? I I know of it, yes, but I don't look yeah. at it. So, do you want to know the numbers on Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Oh, I guarantee you, it's like two hundred hours or something. So, for the main, so it kind of gives you three numbers. It gives you the main story, main plus extra, which is like doing most of the side quests, and the completionist number. Now, it, it's saying here from user reviews, uh, user feedback, um, and it's got about, it's got a fair number of, of plays, uh, reports. About 42 hours for the main story, 81 for main and extras. And I think main and extras is kind of where most people are going to fall. And then um, if you're a completionist, 132 hours. Yeah, see, the thing is, at the rate I'm going, maybe I'm somehow going slow, but that seems unlikely. I don't see how I could possibly clear the map in, like, 82 hours. And maybe that just means doing main and side mission and just ignoring all the question mark type stuff on the map. Maybe that's what that means, but I don't know. I... I, this map, Erica, if you saw it, it's redonkulous. <laughs> it's actually insane. And that doesn't even... And by the way, I haven't even mentioned that there's boat stuff, too. So there's, like, boat combat, and there's going from place to place on your boat. Um, so that it's, like, there's a lot. It's a ridiculously big game. It's 
Well, that's kind of part know. of the problem with uh, Ubisoft stuff, though, isn't it? Where They're they just, all the like, same. Yeah. They try to be everything to everyone, and it's just kind of like, how about just, just be a thing, you know? Just be one thing and do that really well. All right, I'm looking at the world map, and yeah, it's basically, like, all of fucking Greece. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, that's a little bonkers. Uh, also, I'm enjoying the romance stuff so far. Because I'm playing as, um, you could play as a man or a woman, and I'm playing as the woman, Cassandra. And I'm, I'm sure it would be the same with the guy, but, like, when you're doing, like, dialogue stuff, sometimes a little heart pops up, and it's, like, your chance to initiate, like, a romantic encounter. And so far, I've already, like, fucked two women, and I'm, like, 15 hours in, you know, Cassandra. <laughs> that's, and, that's... And, the, and the, and the, and the, <laughs> dude, the... I'm telling you, the writing on this is so bad. Like, this one woman is like, oh man, you know, I'm trying to defend my father's home, and these people are attacking me, and they're trying to kill me. And your character's like, you look really cute when you're angry. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, this this is Ubisoft, so, I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm too terribly surprised. At one point, you run to this old woman who um, is looking for some, like, herbs or something to make some concoctions so her husband can perform better in bed because he can't keep up with her needs anymore. And so you go and find this stuff, and then he's like, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? You know I can't do this anymore. And so you step in, and you're like, you know what? I'll fuck you. And this shit is actually fucking... I have to say, this one's actually funny. Because this old woman's needs are so intense that they actually show a time lapse of, like, four days going by. Glorious. (laughs) It actually was amazing. (laughs) And then you come out and the husband's been sitting there, like, half the time playing on his fucking, like, loot or something. And he's like, oh, thanks. You know, you really did me a solid. Here's some money. (laughs) (laughs) And on that whorish note. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, Ubisoft. Yeah, I don't know, though. That's a a long-term project. And if I don't finish it, I'm not going to be upset. (laughs) <laughs> well, if there's nothing that's to really how I feel about you, most games <laughs> yeah it's like if there's nothing to really grab you and, and keep you there like I, I think it was Final Fantasy 8 where I first discovered like oh I don't care what happens I don't have to finish this yeah and I'm a lunatic and I generally want to finish everything like I'll power through you know <laughs> usually yeah, the it... game has to be pretty boring for me to just flat out stop yeah, but don't don't you feel don't, don't you feel a little less urgency on that with with Game Pass though, where it's like, eh, you know, it's it's not a, I didn't I didn't shell I didn't shell out money directly for this. Um. Well, if you want to play, if you actually want to play something, I kind of think you feel more urgency because you're thinking well they in theory could take this off game pass at any time um yeah but, but if you I don't think... want to play something then yeah it's whatever yeah i'm just thinking like if you get like x x amount into the game and like you're really not enjoying it like 
like I I hate finished Assassin's Creed three, um, but you know then I got like a ways into Black Flag and I was like I'm just not having fun and I put it down. Well, but that I hurt because we paid money for that. <laughs> well, and I, I kind of had this happen with um, near Automata lately, or recently I should say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had that game sitting on my hard drive fucking forever because I'm like, I got to try this eventually. You know, everyone loves this game. You go mm-hmm. look, all the reviews are like nines and tens. Everyone loves Nier, right? Mm-hmm. And I played like two hours of it and I was like, you know, I can kind of see what people like, but it's just not doing it for me. I just don't really like want to play it. And so I just stopped and deleted it. And I feel like, you know, I gave it a good shot. Like, if you can't grab me in two hours, it's probably not going to happen. Yep. Well, I think on that note... um, I think we've gone long enough. We (laughs) have to hope we don't stop and delete this by accident because it's Mm. a new way of recording. Let's hope the recording worked. (laughs) Because otherwise, oh boy, that's going to be a sad one. Well, well, they'll be the second least... lost episode. Remember when Bob lost an episode on us, Erica? Remember that? Yes, I do. And that was a good episode, too. It I was a good... You know well. what? You know, arguably, Erica, our best episode ever. And it's and lost. And Bob, he just fucked us. He just fucked lost us. It was horrible. Ages. I'm still <laughs> upset about that. I'm still holding the grudge. <laughs> well, you are Anyways. Italian, so... As Colbert, let us know. Forever. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being here in our own homes. (laughs) And, you know, as a final closing thought, I'm generally right about everything. Erica is generally right about everything. And Bob just hasn't figured things out yet, but that's okay. And (laughs) hug me, hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>